Hey y'all, Rick Houston here, and I want to tell you about my new show, the Moonshine and Motorsports Racing Podcast. I've partnered up with the state of North Carolina Department of Natural and Cultural Resources to help uncover the history behind moonshining mountain boys, professional wheelmen, and the backwoods and city lights of the Tar Heel State. In the first episode, I sat down with Winston Kelly at the NASCAR Hall of Fame for a little behind-the-scenes gossip about Junior Johnson's engineering skills. He's got two things in his hand, pipe wrench and channel lock pliers, and they weren't new. They had yeah. been they had been yeah. around the block a time or two. Wasn't so, the first deal they built, I bet. No, no. You know, you, I think they were they had the the pliers had been red before, but paint had worn off. And in the second episode, I talked to a professional hillbilly, aka Dr. Daniel Pierce of UNC Asheville, to find out the real history of moonshiners and their battles with the revenuers. He wrote about one of his experience of trying to chase down this uh, this bootlegger and this this souped up car, and he he complained that the government gave him these piece of crap cheapo cars and that, that were really no match. But he thought he was doing pretty good, and then the guy just hits it and just takes off and practically disappears. But then the guy makes a bootleg turn uh, and comes back towards him. And as he said, it was a game of chicken, and I was the chicken. And so he ran off the road. And actually, he was the guy who, who caught Junior Johnson at his daddy's steal when Junior got tangled up in a, in a barbed wire fence. So check out the Moonshine and Motorsports Racing Podcast, available on YouTube, DailyDownForce.com, and all of your favorite podcasting platforms. And be sure to check out my regular show on NASCAR history, the Scene Vault Podcast. Eric Estep here. One of my favorite parts of being a NASCAR fan is collecting diecasts. It's how I got my start on YouTube, actually. To me, a room is not complete until it features shelves of NASCAR diecast cars. It's as good a time as ever to continue your collection or begin an all-new one by pre-ordering your favorite driver's 2022 next-gen diecast at LionelRacing.com or at any authorized Lionel retailer. Lionel is the official diecast of NASCAR, and don't miss Lionel Racing's NASCAR Authentics diecasts at a Walmart or Target near you. Not only is Lionel the official diecast of NASCAR, but they're also official supporters of the Out of the Groove Podcast Network. So what are you waiting for? Head to LionelRacing.com to order your favorite driver's 2022 diecast. Live from Nashville, Tennessee, and from Houston, Texas, we're back. Welcome back, everyone, to the NASCAR Weekly Podcast. I'll make sure they're not muted. That would be a very unfortunate thing to just hear me monologuing all night. Uh, but, man, we have a lot going into this season to discuss. There is 
tons of rule changes, retirement, silly season. Oh yeah, we got a race at the end of the week too. That's really big. But I think to start off, you know, we're this show is is pretty well known for having a a fan perspective of having just those off the wall crazy hot takes or opinions. So I figured let's just start off with that. And uh let's get it to the guy that is to that corner down there. <laughs> Uh, the the Houston guy, the the lone man, the odd man out uh, of this little bunch at the moment when it comes geographically, Eric Eastep. Eric, what's uh what's your little hot take going in the year? And uh, while while I'm, while we're at it, what's uh l- l- let's give you a little t- timer on this. You only get one minute to give me your hot take. Well, I guess that's a good thing because I actually don't really have a hot take. Uh, I. I'm like you said, I'm the lone Texas guy, but for some reason, my favorite driver growing up was born and bred in Wisconsin, literally the polar opposite end of the country. But I want to take this minute to talk about Matt Kenseth making it into the NASCAR Hall of Fame on his first try. Uh, that was super cool. Just earlier this month, the ceremony was streamed on Peacock. Hopefully, you guys got to see his like 10, 11 minute speech. And uh, I wasn't there in person, unfortunately, but as a lifelong Matt Kenseth fan, getting to watch my guy. The dude I pulled for 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 month for years every month of the year, uh, it, it was pretty special. I know you guys have all experienced it with Dale Earnhardt Jr. going into the Hall of Fame a couple of years ago, but to see Matt Kenseth trying to get his first moment, I guess if that's my hot take, it's that Matt Kenseth never got the spotlight he truly deserved. He came in with Dale Jr., he went out with Dale Jr., and <laughs> as great as Dale Jr. was, he obviously he took a lot of the spotlight. But uh, it was pretty great to see Matt Kenseth go to the Hall of Fame. Darian, what's on your mind here as we begin? this first episode oh boy i mean february 1st has been full of a ton of news nascar related and really just sports related in general but the one that has gotten uh that has uh that has um um gotten nascar fans in a uh in a uh such a gripe uh uh today joe graf jr oh boy joe graf jr gets to make five starts in the xfinity series this season for joe gibbs racing everybody this is a guy who has dnq'd not only for uh not only for richard children's racing but also colleague as well maybe the third time's a charm with one of the uh, megabuck competitive teams maybe we'll see how he performs but unfortunately just another case of uh paid drivers not having to not having to perform well at all to get these rides and stuff hey you know money makes the world go uh, go round money you know money talks and racing but uh yeah we'll see how it goes we'll see if it's, if it's uh, another case of a uh, a paid driver uh wasting a spot he's a nice guy though wow that was like <laughs> almost to a t to a minute nice job danny you're Thanks. up what's your big hot take or big thoughts going into the year Oh, side note, Eric, I am sorry that you talked about Dale Jr. Matt Kenseth. I'm sorry that they had Dale Jr. right up there on stage of him the entire yeah. time, as I saw. <laughs> yeah. But my hot take, though, uh, a guy that I saw when the first race I ever went to, this is his final season. Kevin Harvick is making it his last season. Uh, our chat is big fans of Kevin Harvick, as you've known from the previous years. Uh, huge supporters of Kevin Harvick. Just an absolute inspiration to the chat uh, and and ourselves. Uh, but I am going to say in this final season, it's going to be a little bit like it was in 2021 and he's going to go winless in his final season uh that is my hot take for this year uh kevin harvick is not going to go out as a winner this year wow i 
That's a good one. That's a really mm-hmm. good one. But, you know, at the same time, people thought probably last year would be a hot take to say that Truex would be winless. So Actually, and you know what's funny? Steve Letarte was the only guy to actually make the right prediction to start yeah. off the year. He predicted that he would not make – yeah, he last year, Eric, yeah. Did he, he predicted really? That. Yes, yes. Yeah. And In my uh, upload about it, yeah, yeah. he did. Uh, so – Really quick, I just want to thank all 500 plus of you in here. Be sure to lick that like button. We're and, not even uh, 10 minutes in. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, my my hot take is uh, is one I don't know if people are going to be too awful happy with, but I will explain why. My hot take is I think that North Wilkesboro is going to disappoint a lot of fans this year. <laughs> and I say this not because I want it to. I am looking forward to it. I think I'm actually going to be pretty happy with the racing, if I do say so myself. But I look at how a very similar racing track to it was received last year with Richmond, and fans were not too happy about it. North Wilkesboro is not Bristol. It is not Martinsville. It It's not Bowman Gray or the Coliseum. I think that fans are going to be so hyped up and such a big deal is going to be made out of this. It's been 30 years, you know, give or take, since this track was raced in any series in NASCAR. And I think that fans are going to overblow it and then get upset when it is not the greatest race we have ever seen. Um, I think I like it. I think it'll be a good race. I just think fans are going to go into it, you know, expecting the greatest race ever. Yeah, I mean, I think it's been certainly uh, hyped up about as much as you possibly can mm-hmm. hype up a race. I don't know how it's going to live up to those expectations, but Jerry, you and I, we have tickets. We're going. Mm-hmm. So uh, we're going to get to see either the beauty or the disaster. I don't think it's going to be a disaster. No, I just think, no. you know, worst case is it's Richmond, and Richmond's but fine. also, But also, too, <laughs> some of these younger fans, I don't think they um, they haven't watched too many of these older races um, at North Wilkesboro, so... If you watch any of those older races, you'll you'll know how you know the uh, the race is uh, going to be more than likely. You know, I'm gonna give the chat a little bit of a uh, a fun little thing. You know, we 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 always do polls and stuff on my channel. Uh, let's start with a quick poll. I'll ask them about North Wilkesboro while we go into our next topic. Um, but do you? I'm just gonna ask. Do you think North Wilkesboro is gonna be you know really good, or do you think it'll disappoint? Like, how do you think North Wilkesboro will be? Uh, if I can I'm curious because I, I think our live chat is probably skews pretty young. If I had to mm-hmm. guess, a lot of teens and twenties year olds in the chat. Yeah. Um, so I'll be curious. Like a lot of them, none of them grew up, or very few of them, I should say, grew up right watching North Wilkesboro. They've just seen the replays, heard the the mm-hmm. lore, the stories. Like I'll be curious to see well, if their perspective. Well, so, well, so have we too. So we're sort of in the yeah, same boat as I've well. I've never, I never, yeah. they stopped racing there before, yeah. I think. 1996. Most all of us, 1996. We were, any, we were was the only one born. <laughs> yeah, I, I was in diapers. <laughs> well, while we have that poll up right now, let's jump on into the first real major, you know, I won't say topic. There's so many of them, but topics. And that is, we have a huge amount of, of rule changes this year. Uh, most of them announced yesterday, uh, but the big one, the huge one, is that stage cautions are gone at ro- at most road courses. I should say, uh, should say, not all road courses. Um, the end of the stage will still award points, but they're going to keep the race green uh, that way to promote more strategy and to not just basically hand wins or winning strategies to some people while others only get stage points and vice versa all that 
Um, this is the the only exception for this is at lower events and standalone events, um, or standalone events for lower series. Getting tongue tied here. Um, mm-hmm. So I want to ask you guys, and I'm going to start off here, uh, Danny. Going into this, how is this going to change road course racing in NASCAR? It's going to bring the strategy back to it. If you guys recall, before we went to uh, stages, we would just see so much more of these road course races come down to fuel mileage. And I think we're going to see a return to that. Yeah, we, we'd see some here and there, but I can just recall several Sonoma races under the stage format that would just be seemingly drawn out to ridiculous, like, you know, gaps. And used to, I would think it would be like that for the old way, but no, it, I feel like it got worse somehow with the stages and ultimately it made those things way longer than it needed to be of how long it takes for, you know, to run a, a pace like there, unless there's an actual need for a caution and, you know, at a road course, they, have, they can have local yellows. It doesn't need to be a true full course caution. Uh, I think for the time timing wise, it's going to work out better for the sport that way too. Yeah. Timing wise, this is great because I'm going to look back at a, uh, a few of the uh, road course races from last year, like just, um um at um at a circuit of the americas for example the uh the total race time was three hours and 20 minutes like road course racing is already long enough as it is so it 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 um it uh certainly makes sense to definitely uh cut back on all of these stage cautions for sure um but you know this is too early to tell right now but i think fans will love this type of racing so much that it'll eventually convince nascar uh, maybe within you know the next two to three seasons perhaps maybe i that's what i think personally that uh hey we can do away with stage cautions at every track we'll see how it goes on road courses but i have a feeling once fans get you know once fans see the on-track product once they see a major difference in the in the uh types of racing we see on the road courses the strategy calls and stuff because finally with the stage cautions gone we finally get that strategy aspect back again that we hadn't had it you know for for a while ever since the stages have been into nascar and stuff so i like this i think it's the uh it's um the first step in uh um getting um getting back to uh um i guess older nascar you know without stages you know without vintage. all the uh, cautions and stuff you know vintage i guess you could say yeah I don't think like Jared, I know you love polls. I don't think you even need to put a poll out for this one. I think I know the chat will is going to probably unanimously be in support of removing the stage cautions from road courses. I'm not convinced this is actually going to like change the wonky stage strategy all that much. Like it'll change it a little. You won't have, you know, the leader, the guy who just dominated a stage pit with two laps to go and forfeit the stage win to have a better track position. Like you're not going to see that necessarily, but like at Sonoma in the past, you'd have some drivers employ a three-stop strategy, some maybe a two-stop strategy to try and make it to the end and, and, and go for the win. I think now you may see variations on that where some drivers who know they may not have race win pace are going to just try to nab those stage wins. They'll sort of space their, co- their, their pit stops out so that they can be ahead when the, the stage checkpoint <laughs> arrives. And so I still think you'll get a little bit of that wonky strategy that'll be a little frustrating. But what I love about this, though, is that for the first time in a few years, I think a lot of these crew chiefs are going to have to dust off their calculators, Larry McReynolds style, and they yeah, are going to have, <laughs> they're going to have a lot of, I don't know, real-time analysis to do. Hey, can we make it to the stage? Is it worth trying to make it to the stage? Should we pit early, set ourselves? Like, you know, there is still going to be, like, we can't even really call it stage racing now because there's no, you know, break. It's like checkpoint racing almost is what it is mm-hmm. now. We should call them checkpoints. But uh, yeah, I, I think it'll be interesting. I do think it's a move in the right direction, especially for road courses. I, I just still think we'll see some weird wonky strategies that that aren't necessarily just fuel strategy the way we're used to. 
Yeah, I think uh, w- with a lot of it is that if somebody does run that strategy, though, and cautions don't fly the right way, I do think it will it'll add at least that little fold. And I think that was a big thing a lot of people thought was missing. Uh, I think myself included on that one. And that's that's where I'm at. You know, I'm very old school when it comes to stages, playoffs, stuff like that. So any anything kind of given back in that respect, uh, I am personally ecstatic about. But I think w- with it also giving points out still, you know, it, mm-hmm. it, it's the best that both could want. And I, I if it doesn't have to, you know, if it won't happen at every track, I think at least tracks that are heavy in strategy too. We talked about last year, like a Pocono, maybe a Michigan, um, Indianapolis, if the Oval comes back, that would be, you know, preferable on all fronts. But it, it's, I got to say, it's a great move that NASCAR has done. And it's, you know, I, I feel like we've we've talked about it a lot since we started doing this show is that every year we've done it, NASCAR just generally, you know, every there's steps back here or there, but generally makes better and better and better and better decisions uh, when it comes to the racing, whether it's a car, whether it's procedurally, whether it's anything kind of in that realm. Uh, so for me, you know, it makes me excited going into the year, knowing I can look forward to the road courses again for the entirety and hopefully not just a demolition derby. And what makes yeah. this even better is that, you know, this isn't, you know, the old road course schedule with NASCAR where you only race on them, you know, two, three times a year. How many uh, um, uh, road courses do we have again? Seven, eight, eight uh, road course races? Six. Seven. Yeah, so that's a pretty that's a pretty decent chunk chunk of the schedule. That's almost a quarter of the schedule. So I mean that's pretty good. So I don't know. Like I mean I would feel a little different about it. You know if we didn't have as many road course races. You know because it's like oh well we'll only see this on road courses. You know two or three times we won't see it a whole lot. But you know this could definitely you know play a a major factor into you know how the playoffs could shake out too with this uh you know with uh, all these new strategy calls and stuff and again i really think the fans are really gonna love this type of racing we're gonna see and again it, it feels great to finally watch a nascar race again really for the first time since 2016 without having the mandatory cautions in you know some of the races this year that would be uh, a nice change of pace again <laughs> Jared, I love the uh, the new graphics package. We got the chats noticing mm-hmm. it as well. Uh, Morrow says that the new ticker is moist. <laughs> moist. I don't know if I like that assessment. It is blue, uh, I, I guess. Kinda... I didn't realize we had Charlie on here. <laughs> the ticker do be ticking, though. That's what Need for Speed said. I'm surprised it wasn't a praise Ty Dillon comment. Wasn't that? I think that was that's his what, thing. That's his thing his last thing. year. <laughs> I, I, I already saw a super chat that said that. So. Oh, no, you guys are ahead yeah. of me. So. <laughs> So um, actually, I um, did some research. So we have a total of six road courses, and then also you have the one Chicago street course. So basically, seven road course races. You know, road course slash street course races. But that's a that's a good enough chunk of the schedule to where I think this will this will definitely play a major difference with uh, how fans want to you know want the racing to go. I think this is really going to benefit you know not not only the, not only the uh, the strategy aspect, but the uh, most importantly the racing aspect. Yeah, and you talked about playoffs. I mean, there are drivers like Austin Sindrick, Chase Briscoe, AJ Allmendinger, who may be looking at the road courses as their one and only ticket into the playoffs. Well, so uh, they're important races. Interesting you mentioned playoffs because uh, another change that's been brought up is playoff eligibility, which, by the way, just aside oh, really this. quick, and aside really quick, um, I know that people are hearing me out of one ear. We'll work on that. We'll make it work. Long year ahead. Um, 
But new microphone sounds really crisp. The one ear that I, I'm getting sounds beautiful. The one <laughs> ear, yeah. The one ear. Well, you know, ho- hopefully, hopefully I can. Well, to, to be make fair, actually, so, uh, to re- remove the facade, I actually hear you in both ears. So yeah, yeah, me too. Maybe, me yeah. Too. maybe it's an issue through OBS or whatever you're using. I'm not sure, but yeah, I'm working on yeah, it. We'll work on it. We'll work on it. Uh, but yeah, playoff eligibility. That's what's coming up here. Uh, the playoffs have been edited a little bit again. No longer, no matter what the series, whether it's top 20 or top 30, there's no longer a top 20 or top 30 rule for playoff eligibility. As long as you attempt all the races and you get a win, you're in the playoffs unless there's more winners, which means, hypothetically, uh, that somebody like a Cody Ware or Corey LaJoy, who's outside the top 30 in points, could get a win um, and make the playoffs I, I was about to say why does this feel like it's a Corey lajoy rule yeah and <laughs> is he a good old too, boy now like <laughs> we uh, you know last season we had you know the whole fiasco with you know all the parody taking place which you know we love by fiasco the way, you know? yeah, <laughs> I yeah i call I, it that well, well no 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 like well um, um yeah, call, the, call it chaos yeah yeah oh, chaos, no. but <laughs> the fiasco part basically you know like um, towards the end of the uh, towards the end of the uh, the regular season, remember, you know there was all these fans saying like, "Oh my gosh, you know Ryan Blaney and Martin Truex Jr. They might miss the playoffs." Yada yada yada. Then Austin Dillon takes over, and now I can't wait for when um, for uh, what type of scenario we are going to get. You know, with um, this new eligibility rule, because like you just said, Cody Ware could just win a uh, a um, a, um, a super speedway race out of nowhere and just make the playoffs. You know, no matter where he's sitting in points, but you do have to attempt all the races, though. So yeah. you know, you, you know. So I, I am glad that that's the there way, at least. The but... way that NASCAR gives out waivers, though, like I feel like it doesn't really matter. Yeah, you know yeah, the, I mean? yeah. The, the hand out waivers so much that I feel like you know. You don't have to really attempt them all if there's a loophole to be exploited or some kind of yeah. like reasoning given. And um, you know, yeah, so. you know that the you know that the guys who are very you know performance you know who rely on the road courses and stuff and super speedways they are going to use this rule to their advantage here. It's like well, okay, well, I mean, well we gotta, gotta worry about it no more. You know? Well, we gotta focus on who's who does this really affect. So last year, the only drivers and I don't have the points pulled up, uh, but Corey LaJoy was outside the top thirty in points. He almost won that Atlanta race. Uh, Cody Ware, I, I think, did BJ McLeod run all the races last year? I'm not sure if he did. I don't think he is I this year. I think he um, did. He but like, like Ty Dillon was inside the top 30. Uh, even Harrison Burton, Todd Gillen were inside the top 30. So there's only a couple of drivers who this really affects. And let's be honest, the odds of Cody Ware winning a race, even Corey LaJoy winning a race, very, very slim. So, but I just, I just hate this rule because it's just, it just, do we need to make it even easier to make? There's got to be some sort of standard, right? I understand it would be huge if Rick Ware Racing made it into the top 16. They, they get a range short and win at Daytona a la Justin Haley a few years ago. I understand that's huge for a small team like that, but like the playoffs, making the playoffs is supposed to be an accomplishment reserved for teams and drivers who really earned it. You know, and it's supposed to be hard. Mm-hmm. It's supposed to be yeah, hard. Yeah, it's supposed man. to be hard. I don't like the idea that a 32nd place team can win a fog shortened race at Pocono mm-hmm. and make the playoffs. I just like it's too easy. There's and too many I don't know. I think really I, don't, quick. I just think it's dumb. I don't understand why they implemented it. It seems Re- pointless. Really quick to answer the earlier question. BJ McLeod made a total of 29 starts last year. Only Almost one top yet. 10. Only one top 10 finish. At least he got a. He, at least, yeah, I'm actually impressed. Yeah, top 10. I, yeah, I'm actually impressed by that. I remember he was ahead of Kyle Busch at uh, the fall Martinsville race. Remember that? Everybody was. I was <laughs> yeah, ahead of Kyle Busch. Yeah, we were all ahead of Kyle Busch. But it's just crazy that, you know, that type of, you know, driver and team 
they can now make the playoffs at, you know with just one fluke victory with one you know i would love i would love to see the playoffs once again become hard to make in nascar but it's I mean, they are hard year. i just i just don't i just feel like there needs to be a standard like well, they're not you know as hard okay. as they used to I'll, be no, so, say harrison burton had won a race last year and made the playoffs despite being 29th in points we would have all kind of rolled our eyes right mm-hmm. you know especially concerning blaney and truex would have both been out at that point in place of harrison like you know we would have rolled our eyes now imagine very unlikely imagine that's cody Ware in the playoffs and austin cindrick well, is out or so, truex is out or harvick is out like that's just not that's not right. I'll I'm go, sorry. I'll go back a, a bit to what Darian was saying. And granted, last year is an outlier, I think, in this. But it, I, I think in the sense of making it, you know, more difficult to make the playoffs or not as easy, I think it's more we, – we, it should be framed as not as easy for top-tier guys to get in. Like, if you're Denny Hamlin and you start out the year bad and you're running, like, 20th in points with eight or nine races to go before the playoffs – I don't, I, I honestly, I don't see how it's fair to be considered a championship contender. And we all know that you're going to be in no matter what, since you got a win earlier in the year. Kind Remember of the horrible start Christopher Bell had last year was below top 30 in points. And he was able to just, you know, get up there, back up there in no time too. And it's, it feels, it feels like this rule was made so that anytime anyone is up there at Atlanta or Daytona or Talladega, Mike Joy or Rick Allen ha- doesn't have to say, well, they're out of the top 30 now, so they can't <laughs> make think, it, remember? I think you're right. It is the Corey LaJoy rule because that run at Atlanta where he almost nabbed the win, yep. it was going to get real awkward if he wins that race and isn't locked in, at least not yet. Like, that would have gotten weird. That would have gotten yeah. awkward. So yeah. that's yeah. probably why the rules, there's, it's a simplification, which, okay, I'm, I'm all for simplifying but also, things. But, but also, just, too, NASCAR doesn't, NASCAR doesn't mind having that wild card driver need. I know. They I know. They just, it's, they're just leaning so hard into it, the wild. And makes for good ratings. I'll put it like this. I'll put it like this. Looking at last year's standings. So um, this is the uh, the first three in, um, um, inside the top 30 or um, outside the top 30, excuse me. Kurt Busch is 30th. Only made 20 starts, but then 31st and 32nd are both Corey LaJoy and Cody Ware with both 36 yeah, so and 35 starts made. So it's clear NASCAR wants that, you know, they want that wild card driver too, no matter where they are in points, whether it's, you know, 20th or 40th, it doesn't matter. Yeah. The thing I liked about last year is I felt like all the playoff drivers, everyone who qualified, had a legit shot of making at least to the round of eight, maybe even at least making it to the championship. I mean, Chase Briscoe did not have a good average finish last year, at least going nobody, into the playoffs. Nobody was expecting His average him finish to do was close to 20th when mm-hmm. they started the playoffs, and he made it to the round of eight. So I like that last year. Everyone who got in, I thought legitimately had a shot to make some noise. With this rule, now you're just begging for that once in a blue moon, that 30 mm-hmm. second place car to get in and just waste their time, waste everyone's time. I don't know. We can move on. Yeah, I mean, there's one, there's another big thing. And by the way, I think I know what the issue is, so I'm, I should be able to fix it. But another, another big uh, change is uh, a, another one having to do with the playoffs, in the sense with the hail melon being banned, mm. uh, being enforced Sorry. by a time penalty, no matter what the track uh, that it is done at or attempted at again is. Uh, so yay or nay on the hail melon being. Uh, uh, being banned and i i, I want to kind of put it like this too i've seen a lot of people comparing it to like the t-rex car or comparing mm-hmm. it to back when they used to pull the the rear fender out or like right in front of the rear wheel they used to pull it out for arrow reasons and why that's banned so you know danny i want i want you to start us off on this one overall thoughts on the hail melon no longer being legal 
I think it makes sense. I mean, it, was it fun in a moment? Absolutely, it was. Did we all get to make a lot of cool content about it? Absolutely, we we did. We cashed in. We all did. We're not we're not going to deny that. But uh, it was uh, one of those things. It's like, yeah, after you know, the, after the high of it kind of wears up, you're like, yeah, we can't have this happening every year when we come to Martinsville now. So I think it was the right call on NASCAR's behalf. Uh, I mean, I I think I I talked to Ross about it at the uh, NASCAR awards. And I mean, I don't think he really intended on doing it again. I think he kind of knew it's only something you get away with mm-hmm. one time. And, uh, you know, I think they made the right call here. Yeah. I mean, it'll always be remembered as NASCAR's most viral moment of all time. One of the greatest moments in NASCAR history, but at the end of the day, safety is always going to be the number one priority. And technically, I mean, you know, it did obstruct, you know, sort of the safety of the race to an extent, because I mean, if he hits that little, you know, that little, you know, connecting gate, you know, that's, um, you know, where the, uh, where the haulers come in, I mean, you know, that could have been a much different story. Thankfully, you know, thankfully it, um, it wasn't, you know, you can uh, look back at that moment. So, uh, so fondly now too, you know, but I mean, it was coming, you knew it was coming, whether you like the rule or hate the rule, you knew it was going to come eventually. But my only question with this is my only main concern is how does this affect the other tracks? Because yeah, you know, obviously, you know, never going to see it at, you know, Martinsville again, but what about Darlington on the final lap? You know, what about a move like, you know, like the one Kyle Larson made Does does that count as a uh, sort of a, uh, sort of a melon move you know so it's like now nascar sort of opened up that gray area that's my only concern with that yeah i know i wholeheartedly agree with that last point is i want to know how it's worded i didn't see exactly i know they obviously claimed it's a safety concern because anthony alfredo he he even asked himself too earlier today on twitter that's why i was like mentioning that because i'm like oh yeah that's right good Mm -hmm. point yeah like, like what is the rule you can't like drag the wall like you can you can touch the wall with your quarter panel and still gain a position that can't be band right is it like if you're on the wall for more than 100 feet like for more than three seconds like what is the actual rule i don't how is it worded that that i'd like to know but um yeah i don't need to see what chastain did again like it it, i think i said this afterwards that the next person to do it will be significantly less cool than chastain's like it'll never chastain's move cannot be topped it can be imitated but it will just come off as cheaper and more contrived like oh we've seen that before we knew where you got that from you knew where you who inspired real you. original real original <laughs> yeah, exactly and and you, you don't want to run the risk of half a dozen cars ripping the fence on the final corner at martinsville there's safety concerns and being, like and being split open to you know like mike Harmon back in 2002 <laughs> i mean you know? I, I, I don't hopefully that wouldn't happen but you just never know when you're completely out of control at a high rate of speed yeah imperfect racetrack so um i think it's the right call uh, and I just think this makes what Ross Chastain did even cooler. And I saw mm-hmm. Justin Marks tweeted that Trackhouse is actually going to eat the cost and just keep that car preserved in its final Martinsville form. They because, should. yeah, it, that move was never successfully done before, and now it will never be done again. Mm-hmm. One of a kind. I think that's like that's a feather in Ross Chastain's cap for sure. Yeah, and I, I got to say I agree with that as well. I I, I think – at the time, I definitely was very anti-changing it, but I think that was simply just because it was such an amazing and cool moment. But, it, you know, looking at, at the arguments people bring up, it is, I mean, it's unavoidable that that's probably one of the most dangerous moves that was still legal that you could do in NASCAR. <laughs> um, I just, I hope that it's not turned into a giant judgment call. Like, you know, we talked about the Larson one, 
uh, in the Xfinity race where the guys like him and Greg's and all of them, they were having flat tires and have like, I hope there's at least some nuance to the rule to be like, Hey, you know, we're not going to screw people over if it's an iffy kind of thing. Uh, but for blatant stuff like what Ross did. Yeah. I, I, I completely get it. I just, um, I just have the feeling though, that I, it, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if, if, uh, you know, this whole, um, if this, uh, if this rule sort of, um, sort of, uh, becomes NASCAR's, um, you know, what is a catch rule? You know what I'm saying? Like stuff like that. You know what I mean? Like to where it's like, oh, well, we got to go back to the tape. We have to review this finish. You know, he, he did touch the wall a little bit there. I, I, you just, know what I, mean? I don't think so, it'll be done so often that it would be that. Like it's not that yeah. often. But, but the few times, but the few times it is done though, I feel like, yeah, like, I, but you know, obviously NASCAR had to put some type of rule in place to make sure yeah. it doesn't happen again, you know, but. Don't uh, overcomplicate this rule though, please. But an- another, you know, kind of moving from this, because I feel like, you know, we've got a lot out of that. One big thing that's being changed as well this year is the protocols with uh, lost wheels. Uh, and so there's three different ways that NASCAR is kind of going about this. Um, the first one is on pit road under yellow, uh, you go to the rear of the field. If it's on pit road under the green, you get a pass-through penalty. And if you lose a tire on the racing surface, not on pit road, you get a two-lap penalty and a two-race suspension for two crew members, but not a crew chief. So, Eric, I want you to start. Is this a fair change uh, for this protocol going into this year compared to what we had in 2022? Yes and no. So for losing a tire on the racetrack, I think a two-lap penalty and a two-race suspension for two pit crew members is a good call. Because I think last year it was a four-race suspension for the crew chief and two crew members. That was like, I understand it's a, it's a safety concern, but with the new lug nut, single locking lug, it was just, it's too easy of a mistake to make. And that seemed like an, an, an uh, too big of a penalty. Now for having the tire fall off, uh, sorry, people revving behind me, um, on pit road, that being just a tail end of the longest line penalty or a pass through penalty, that seems too light in my opinion, because at least on the racetrack, there's a catch fence protecting the fans. On pit road, there's not, <laughs> and not that there's a ton of fans on pit road, but there's a lot of officials, crew members, uh, team representatives, sponsors, uh, and yeah, a car going 40, 50, 60 miles on pit road, not as fast as on the track, but they hit a tire that's loose. That thing's going to go flying. I think could still do some serious damage. So uh, I think it should just be a two race suspension, you know, a two lap penalty for whenever the tire falls off anywhere. I think they should just simplify it. So, uh, yeah, I think they got it right for when it happens on the track. I, I think the pit road penalty is a little too light, in my opinion. What do you think, Dan? You're muted, bro. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh well, I guess you have a problem. Yeah, yeah all right, he's still muted, but I'll, I'll go next. But um, I have to agree with Eric, too. I feel like, yeah, it's just, um, you know, the whole, you know, you know, the light side of, you know, the lighter side of the penalty is, in my opinion, the, uh, you know, like when a tire is lost on pit road and stuff, I don't know, I feel like there needs to be a, a bigger penalty for that. But I feel like, you know, um, only a two race suspension for um, two crew members, I feel like that's a whole lot fairer, though, because what was the older, what was the old penalty for four race suspension, something like that? For, yeah, and I think yeah. for like the crew chief too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And for the crew chief as well. So I feel like that's a lot fairer as far as that's concerned. But yeah, to Eric's earlier point too, it's like 
I just don't want these teams to get lax and stuff, you know, to where it's like, oh, well, I mean, if, you know, if we do lose a wheel, we'll only have, you know, this much of a penalty, you know, like, you know what I mean? Like, you know, because like, like, obviously they're not trying to lose a wheel, but it's just, yeah, the but if you're trying to gain a little bit of an edge on yeah. pit lane, then it's like, oh, do you want to tighten it as much? Did you, you know notice I mean? that? Did you notice that the number of wheels falling off went down last season as the yeah, and the teams started to catch it? They start to wave. They'd be like, "We'll stop." stop yeah, stop. but also <laughs> too, also too, they didn't want to have that giant ass penalty neither. Exactly. Too. But now that you've sort of cut it in half to an extent, I mean, obviously in the race, a two lap penalty is is it, it's awful. I mean, that basically mm -hmm. means your race is uh, more than likely finished. But then you know, um, only a uh, two-race suspension for only two crew members. I mean, it's not four, so it's not as much. So, I mean, like, are we going to see, um, you know, because of this rule change, are are are, are we now going to see, like, an uptick in uh, loose wheels now all of a sudden, you know, or have they learned their lesson, you know, from last year? I want to give a shout-out. I was reading the chat, but I also just saw on Twitter, uh, Doug Rice of PRN said he's tuning in, watching, enjoying the show. Oh, so, uh, oh nice. Hey, oh, wow. Hey, grew Mr. up listening Rice. to you in the grandstands at Texas Motor Speedway, so uh, great to yeah. great to have you watching the show tonight. Man, and appreciate it's... everyone tuning I... in. We, I look down, we're at 666 live viewers. Mm -hmm. I've seen, <laughs> I've seen uh, Doug several times at races. Haven't had a chance to introduce myself. I'll have to in the future yeah. now. Dan Danny is wanting to yes. call in mode right now. <laughs> yeah, all sorts of technical I, I'll, issues. I'll, I'll, be, I'll be honest with you guys. I don't know what's happened to this microphone. Like, it just, like, short-circuit or something, so I have to go to a different audio setting. I apologize for that. It's all good. It's all good. This hey, is the first stream of the year. It's a preseason stream. This is bear bear with us. At least we're streaming. Last year they couldn't stream down in the middle of nowhere, Florida. Oh, the swamp, we were in the swamp house. The swamp house. The swamp house. And it smelled so it was so bad, y'all. And Blemon, if you're watching, I really apologize <laughs> if that was your first uh, IRL stream experience with us. Um oh, <laughs> but thank you everyone for tuning in. Sorry, Jared. I didn't mean to interrupt no it's all good i mean you guys kind of covered the, the way that i think with it i think just you know kind of moving forward as long as it is set out from the start and it's not you know what, what what bothered me more than anything about loose wheels last year was when it would be lost on the track or there'd be flats or just any of that happened that compounded it and it would screw drivers over you know when it was something that was really just brand new to all of them. I mean, granted, they were able to practice. Yes, I get that. Um, but it's it's just, as long as it's something like this, it's set out from the start black and white. I, I don't see real and you know any real issue uh, moving forward with this type of rule. Um, there are, there's only two other things really to, to, to cover when it came to any changes to the uh, rules for this year. And these ones can kind of go, we can go kind of quick with these. Uh, the damage vehicle policy and the oval wet weather packages. Uh, two things, two changes uh, that will definitely affect, I think at some point, both of these rules will affect the playoffs and who gets in maybe points-wise. Uh, so with the DVP, it's been extended from six minutes to seven minutes. And with the oval wet weather packages, um, there's going to be wet weather tires used on damp surfaces for select tracks i believe those are like you know flatter shorter tracks um i can yeah. i can uh, list the tracks for go you. for it go for it uh so basically uh the tracks include uh the clash martinsville new hampshire north wilkesboro phoenix richmond also irp uh and milwaukee um for this uh oval wet weather package 
So Bristol noticeably absent just because I guess and Dover as well. The higher bank, the concrete higher bank. Yeah, the higher bank. You're not gonna make it work. Yeah, it makes sense because you have to be going like you know a certain amount of speed to stay on the banking. I mean, with these flatter (laughs) surfaces, it makes a lot of sense. And then, as we learned in last year's dirt race, they can handle a little bit of water on a track, but not too much. Not like Watkins Glen. Physics. (laughs) Physics. So, I I I want to pose this question here. With the damage vehicle policy being moved to seven minutes instead of six, is that enough or should they have kept the move they had in place from the playoffs last year and kept it at 10 instead and just had that be the flat policy throughout the season? I'd rather have kept it at just 10 because it seemed to have worked for everybody. I mean, I'm old school. I wish they would just go in the garage. You need to take the whole race to fix it, whatever. If you come out like over 300 something laps down, I personally don't care. But I mean, obviously NASCAR doesn't want that anymore. So I would have preferred them just to stay with the 10 minute uh, uh, damage uh, vehicle policy. But, hey, you know, seven's more um, more time than six, I guess. So it's better than uh, than six minutes. But I I would prefer 10 minutes more. I agree with you, Darian. The one thing I will say that I'm looking forward to is what I read is that the reason it's seven minutes now is because NASCAR found that it takes about six and a half minutes to replace a tow link, which we saw come up many times last oh. year. So I am sort of looking forward to the teams being like, okay, we broke a tow link. Get ready. Get ready. We got, <laughs> we got seven minutes. We got to make the most of every second to fix that, get that replaced. So that element of competition will be interesting. But yeah, in my perfect world, like you said, Darian, I'd, I'd rather them just do away with it. Yeah. Go to the garage if you want to. Work I, on miss, as much as I miss want. seeing, I miss seeing yeah. those messed up cars on track just way off the pace, man. <laughs> I miss those. Yeah. Well, just thank uh, our good friends at Lionel Racing. They just made a lot of money here recently on a Dell Jr. car. It was all like destroyed and all broke yeah. up. Can't, can't have that anymore. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, I, you know, and I, I put a poll up and it's, uh, far and away, 10 minutes oh. is winning. Uh, I didn't put none because I figured that would win, but apparently just the, the highest one possible would. Yeah. Uh, but I, I will say this, like, the problem I have with seven with the whole toe link one is that it still counts the pit road time, correct? It doesn't count when they get in the box. It counts when they get on pit road. That's oh, the that's the penalty. That's, that's a difference. So, yeah, that's so it's like, are you telling me where a lot of these would happen, which are probably bigger racetracks or like you're telling me they're going to get through pit road like to the stall stopped crew over finished up car down out of pit road you're telling me that that extra 30 seconds will be enough to get past a michigan pit uh, road a talladega a daytona indianapolis real In, oh Indiana- uh, indianapolis yeah. is done you're done <laughs> oh, that was the first thing that was the first thing i thought about I'm like oh so, yeah no you're not getting your car repaired in time i feel like yeah. leave, and and then if they if 10 is a playoff rule or something like that it just it's it, i i feel like leaving it at 10 if you're going to have it at all is the right option yeah i, I that's that's what i would do too i think it just makes sense if it's a 10 well that's a uh, rules changes. Yeah. That a, is that information was, was, was overload? That everything? Was that everything? Was that all the rules changes? We didn't talk about sure? the Riley Herbst rule, the little orange box <laughs> or whatever that's been added. We can just skip past that. But... Yeah, I think I think we're, we're good naming going every past. rule after different drivers. Today. Yeah, the Joy oh. rule, <laughs> the Ross test. Hey, dude, your driver was the one that started that trend. Ooh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, proud. Let's go on to the next big order of business that has been uh, talked about a ton this offseason, and that is that Kevin Harvick is retiring. Kevin Harvick will retire at the end of the season. Yes, our our chat, which are enormous, enormous Kevin Harvick fans will love. Huge fans. 
Huge. Huge. So Huge. I'm gonna I'm gonna pass this over to you, Darian, to start off with. With Kevin Harvick retiring, how is he gonna perform this season? It's his last year, is he extra motivated? Like how how does twenty twenty three forecast for the four team? You know, statistically speaking, you know, drivers, um, the way they perform in their swung song seasons would suggest that Harvick may be in for a rough season, just based off of history. I mean, look back at, you know, Daryl Waltrip, Dale Earnhardt Jr., Tony Stewart. I mean, Matt Kenseth, he was, he was, all right. he was all right. I mean, but he was certainly on the, uh, on the he was downward bad in the 42. Trend. He was good yeah, in the yeah. 20, bad in the 42. Oh, I was just talking about the 20. I, I, we, we don't even talk about the 42. We don't even talk yeah. about the 42. No, I like more. you, that, Darius. I don't count. Agree. <laughs> we don't talk about 2020 at all. Yeah. But basically, you know, you look back on, you know, a lot of these drivers final seasons. I mean, really Rusty Wallace, and Jeff Gordon are really the only two drivers that come to mind where it's like, oh, in their final years, they were really performing up to par, you know? Like, and didn't Rusty uh, say later he wished he'd kept going? Yeah, and Rusty yeah. wishes he didn't even retire neither. I mean, he was good. So, so, you know, Kevin Harvick, I feel like, you know, we'll see somewhere, you know, we'll see like a hybrid season somewhere in the middle of, you know, like you can't say hybrid to a NASCAR audience. They lose their oh, yeah. mind. That's right. That's right. That's right. But, but no, basically a, a hybrid season for Kevin Harvick to me would be somewhere along, along the lines of a mixture of his uh, 2021 season and 2020 so like i feel like whoa whoa, whoa. Know, 2020 he won nine races well, hold on hybrid <laughs> that's what i'm saying hybrid so you know you have the best and the z- worst right give, give okay, me a second okay, give me okay, a second. okay i'm give sorry me a second. so i feel like though you know when you put those two seasons together i feel like i don't see him winning any races but i do still see him performing you know well enough to at least still be in the playoff conversation but with the new rule and stuff where, you know, it, it um, and now it doesn't matter where you are in points, you know, could we have another parody field season and he misses it based on points? You know what I mean? Hmm. You know, so that sounds could, a lot more like his 2021 see season than his 2020 season. That's the only but reason. I mean, he is going to come, he is going to come close to winning some races. He's going to come really close to winning nine races, yeah. but he's not going to get any of them. <laughs> oh, wait, hold on, hold on. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, no, my bad. My bad. 2021 and 2022 seasons. Oh, yeah. It's like, that's sense. odd. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I looked at it wrong. I, I thought the zero was in the 2020. That's right. He won nine You're races good. that year. You're good. Right, I, so I 2021 to, to 2022. My bad. Okay. That I can, I agree with that. So I, I wholeheartedly agree. I think I do think Harvard, you were right to call me out. You're right. Well, I just wanted to just make that correction, but you're totally good. Uh, I think Harvick will make the playoffs though. I think he'll win a race or two. You mentioned other drivers, you know, farewell tour seasons. Yeah. Historically, they don't go great. Recently, Jimmy Johnson missed the playoffs in his final year. Dale Jr. Missed the playoffs in his final year. Stewart was going to miss the playoffs until he, you know, knocked Hamlin out of the way. Hamlin kind of gave him that win at Sonoma. I don't know what he was doing. Mm -hmm. Uh, Jeff Gordon is the benchmark in recent history. He won a race late in the season, of course, and, you know, got some help from Kenseth Breck and Logano. But Jeff Gordon won a race and actually made it to the championship four in his final season. I don't think Harvick gets to Phoenix. I don't think he's in contention for a championship, but I expect him to win a race or two. I expect him to make the playoffs at least the round of 12. I think he's going to have a very solid, a very respectable season. I'm curious to see if Stuart Haas makes any gains. You bring Ryan Priest over. I know he's young, still relatively inexperienced in a cup car, but can he bring any information or maybe a new culture, some level of leadership that maybe Cole Custer wasn't? Can that improve SHR? Every manufacturer's changed the front ends. The body has changed for every single car. Does that even the playing field? Does that give Ford maybe a slight advantage even? Um, That's what I'm curious. He's still working with Rodney Childers. They've even brought some new sponsorship over with Sunny D for a couple of races. I think Harvick's going to go out solid. I I don't think he's going to win the championship, 
but I think he's gonna have a very solid year. It'll look a lot more like 2022 than 2021. Yeah. Well, looking win nine races. Looking at what the the chat thinks, I asked Napole how many wins Harvick will have in 2023. Uh, oh. 17% of them say he's gonna go winless. Only 8% say three plus. 28% with two, but almost the uh, almost the majority, 47%. So just under half say that uh he's only getting one win this season which is about well now it's 48 percent, which is about on brand uh for how he was performing last year uh what i want to ask now is another question and uh if, if everything is going all right with danny i, I want to see what he thinks about what the legacy of happy is going to be the legacy of kevin harvick will be one that was uniquely his own. Yeah, he was forced into uh, an un, you know, predictable circumstance of having to replace the Intimidator, but he made it his own. Uh, went out and won a Daytona 500, the 07 500. He won a championship in 2014. Um, all of this coming in his days as a Chevy driver. Um, the Ford years were had its ups and it had its downs for sure, um, but in the end. He was a key part of this generation of drivers and this generation of fans and by all means, a Hall of Fame driver one day. Absolutely. I, I pulled it up just to double check, but he is currently tied for ninth on the all-time Cup Series win list with Kyle Busch, interestingly enough, 60 wins. There are not a lot of drivers who can say they came anywhere close to that mark. And and to echo what you said, Danny, obviously entered the Cup Series under tumultuous circumstances. I think handled it as well as any young driver could um, winning just a couple weeks later at Atlanta was just mm-hmm. a huge, I think for many people it was a healing moment for the sport, uh, got some weight off of his shoulders. Um, but at the same time, I think there's a lot of what ifs with Kevin Harvick's career, no disrespect to Richard Childress or his time in the 29, but to see how he flipped a switch seemingly when he got to Stuart Haas in 2014, the second half of his career, like what if he'd been in that type of equipment for his <clears throat> entire career? Could he have gone toe to toe with Jimmy Johnson? not saying he would have won seven titles but i think he'd have more than one safe to say i'm shocked he only has one to be honest he's been to the championship for like five times law of averages says he should probably have a second one by now um but i can't help but think about that kevin harvick first ballot hall of famer all-time great he's done things in the past i didn't love he got into it with matt kenseth in a bush race back in like 2002 2003 i think 2002. Uh, didn't love what happened at Talladega in 2015 when he wrecked trevor bain to save his playoff spot like there there are warts involved in kevin harvick's career but too many highs to ignore all-time great race car driver. And he's going to be around for a long time. Just help, you know, was part of the team that bought the cars tour. Kevin Harvick uh, incorporated manages several top cup and Xfinity drivers. His son, Keelan, his racing career seems to be uh, taking off. He's got a daughter who it sounds like is interested in racing. So Kevin Harvick will be around for many years to come, especially when he steps into that Fox booth next year. Well, Kevin Harvick's legacy to me, um, he aged like fine wine. He came along later on, much later on in his uh, NASCAR Cup Series career. But also, too, I mean, you have to look at his other stats in Xfinity and Trucks as well. I mean, yeah, I mean, sure, you know, you uh, you know, want to bring up, you know, 60 career Cup Series victories. Don't forget, 47 career Xfinity Series victories. And let's not forget his stranglehold on the 2006 season, one of the most dominating seasons in all of that series history. And, of course, in the truck series, he ran his own team for a very long time, also won a total of 14 career NASCAR Craftsman truck series races. Oh, it feels so good to say Craftsman again. But all in all, when you combine all those, I mean, obviously, 
well over 100 victories across all three series. Actually, um, I want to do some quick math. I believe that is 121 victories across all three series. 60 plus 47 plus 14, right? Is that 121? I think it is. <laughs> I'll have to look mm -hmm. it up again. It oh, is. it is? Yes. Yep. Let yes. Did it all my head. Out. Did it all my head, bro. I wow. swear, I did all. Third my head. grade math <laughs> teacher is proud. Thank you. Damn, you didn't Thank have you. to diss him. <laughs> Sorry, Darren. Sorry, Darren. Very good. Thank you. Thank that's you, Miss Hoffmeyer. Hey, it's hard to do math in front of seven hundred people. Like that's, hey, that's pressure. Hey, yeah. And remember, I got to do all the scrolling and stuff. But obviously, he was a guy who replaced a uh, another driver with a much bigger legacy. Obviously, had a you know the way of the um it had the uh the uh the weight of the world on his shoulders and was still able, able to, uh, to persevere and, uh, and um, create his own legacy. I mean, you know, Eric had mentioned it, you know, when he was talking about him, I mean, obviously that'll be one of the major what ifs, of course, you know, what if he started his, you know, career and set it with like a, a Hendrick Motorsports or, you know, another team like that. But also, I mean, you could also make the case, maybe he might've squandered those opportunities because he was a hothead in these days. And especially in those early days, Hey, you never know, you know, it was sort of, you know, sort of like a, uh, you know, sort of like Kyle Busch was in his early days as well. But then obviously he persevered, matured as the years went along. And as soon as he joined Stuart Haas, his career just, just sky, just, just skyrocketed, man, just elevated to a first ballot Hall of Fame career. Because before joining that, I mean, I don't know, I mean, you couldn't really make the case for Kevin Harvick being the first ballot Hall of Famer, in my opinion, yeah. you know, before that. But obviously, you know, fast forward all these years later, he's a... Uh, about to enter his swan song season, um, finishing his career. Uh, by the end of the season, he'll have over 800 starts and uh, will at least have 60 victories and uh, a, a Cup Series championship. The only thing, though, I wish he would have won multiple championships. That's the only thing, too, I feel like. You know, it's like you make the Final Four, you know, so many times, like Eric just mentioned, you know, you, you're expected to win at least one more. But, you know, with how chaotic this playoff system can be sometimes, you know, maybe it's, it's not a uh, crutch in some fans' minds, but, well, but yeah. Where I see Harvick's legacy, in my opinion, and maybe this is me as a jaded Dale Jr. fan, he's, he's like, even if the stats don't show it, just because of how flashy he was, it feels like he is, like, the most clutch driver in at least the last 25 oh, yeah. years. I mean, I he didn't get the closer for no reason. If he just, I think, I think that name really started to stick when he beat Mark Martin for the 500. But as a, again, as a jaded Dale Jr. fan over and over and over again, watching him beat my driver, especially twice in 2011 at the last lap or laps, it is, it is etched into my brain that if Kevin Harvick is second, no matter how far back he will find a way to win. And for me, that's at least how I'm remembering Kevin Harvick. Like Harvick is that guy who can run you know, third with two to go, pass Kyle Bush, and then push Jimmy Johnson ten miles an hour faster into a corner and beat him at his height. So that that's how I'm gonna remember Kevin Harvick because I mean some of some of the most flashy, interesting, fun wins in NASCAR history came from Kevin Harvick having to come back right the last second. I'll remember Kevin Harvick as the guy who simply did not give a bleep what you thought about him or anybody yeah. for that matter just did his own thing man and it worked out it's gonna be in the hall of fame he, he still does and he'll just always tell it how it is yeah yeah now moving on from that we're gonna go to one last story before we get to our first super chat stage break and uh the first of many this year of the lightning round 
Uh, and we're gonna we'll be brief on this because there's pretty much no big news coming out yet. It's something that we're gonna have to watch through the season, and that is the TV rights and basically the future of NASCAR and how we're gonna watch it in the next couple of years. So at the moment, uh, looking most likely to come back uh, is Fox and NBC. They get they also get the first dibs on the negotiation, which I think has already started and and then ends in March. Though they're probably not going to get a deal done by then. Uh, ESPN has shown interest, and they have a lot of racing on their networks now with F1 and the newly acquired SRX on Thursday nights. Interestingly, interestingly enough, is uh, out of NASCAR's way now, which I'm sure NASCAR is uh, definitely a bit happier about. Uh, But then also Amazon has uh, has jumped in as a streaming option, uh, possibly. So that might throw a bit of a a wild card in there um now the teams are a bit more positive than they were at the end of last year especially since there were drivers throwing stuff out into the public uh but you know the rta has talked about having an off-season exhibition series uh talking about 16 to 18 million per car so more money is wanted from this and making the charter system permanent in all of this as well so i guess moving into it and danny i'll start with you on this Moving into the year when it comes to, you know, basically figuring out after 2024 what's going to happen, uh, who who do you think they're going to go with, I think is the big question, uh, as well as, as what changes to the sport, whether it's on the screen, behind the scenes, whatever it might be that, that we would be interested in, could there be? I don't necessarily know if ESPN is going to join. I can tell you this, though, for my one of my more recent videos where I talked about NASCAR and ESPN's history, uh, a lot of fans do not seem to want them to come back, mostly because of the way that they've looked at and treated NASCAR in recent years, and that's to be understood. Um, I, I I don't know if NBC wants it in the long run, though. There have been mixed reports that you know they're you know ultimately dropping the NBC Sports Network and going to USA. You know had a lot to do with you know what happens with their NASCAR coverage moving forward. And uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they go away. And I also wouldn't be surprised if ESPN does do it. I don't necessarily know if they will. I think Fox ultimately though will stick around, but that's my thoughts. I do think Fox uh, and NBC are the front runners. I'll be curious to see what happens with streaming. Amazon's got a lot of money they can throw around, but I think NASCAR ultimately is going to steer more towards the traditional networks just because you know, being on big Fox, being on big NBC, NASCAR still is an older fan base. Most of their viewership is going to tune into those traditional channels and the teams when they sell sponsorship, you know, if, if the ratings go from three or 4 million viewers per race to 800,000 because it's on Peacock, uh, the teams won't be happy because now sponsors will not be paying them nearly as much money. So there's a lot of give and take. I think NASCAR is going to lean towards Fox and NBC, but there's, there's two different debates happening simultaneously. There's the negotiations with potential media companies about a new TV deal. But meanwhile, NASCAR is working with the teams, as you were mentioning, Jarrett, to uh, determine how the next media deal will be split. The teams want to basically want basically double as much money as they've been getting the last 10 years. And NASCAR sounds like they may be willing to cave a little bit, give them close to what they want in exchange for, you know, maybe a spending cap uh, promises that they're not going to spend absurd amounts of money in the future. Like there's, there's a lot of moving parts. It sounds like over the past few weeks, I think this was sports business journal, Adam Stern, John O'Ran writing about it. It sounds like things have progressed a little bit. uh, And maybe in the next 
few weeks, few months, we'll start to see some serious headway. Um, but right now, I think it's just still early in the process. I think one of the reports I read, it might've been Sports Business Journal, was that it's unlikely a TV deal gets reached until like maybe September or October of this year. So it's going to go on for months. Yeah, well, it'll that's going to be a while. Yeah, that's about how it worked in uh, in like the current deal is, you know, may, maybe it's a year past, I would say, compared to how that one was worked out. But they had that deal worked out by late 2012, early 2013. So, you know, and that deal ended, the, the previous deal had ended in 2014. So I, w- I wouldn't be surprised if it takes that long. With Darian, you, you wanted to give kind of your thoughts. I want to I want to tee you off with this really quick. I, I've asked in the chat what they want. Uh, and they said, uh, uh, who, I said, who do you want NASCAR to go with for their new TV rights? 40% say Fox, NBC, and Amazon, all three. Uh, 39% leave Amazon out, but have those two. No, no, it's a, it's a tie between them now, back mm. and forth. Wow. And 11% say NBC, ESPN, and 9% say Fox, ESPN. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me that, you know, those two are sort of neck and neck. I mean, like, obviously Fox and NBC, they've been covering NASCAR for quite some time, you know, especially Fox and Fox. They've even said publicly, like, look, like we really want NASCAR back. I mean, it, you know, fills us, you know, um, gives us, you know, uh, a lot of sports content, you know, during the NFL off season, you know, that sort of thing during the spring, you know, during the summer, you know, that sort of stuff. And obviously they covered the entire truck series season for the entire season. So, um, but as far as NBC, yeah, I mean, I I would love to have them back as well. Um, I feel like they're they've been the gold standard for uh, quite some time when it comes to NASCAR broadcasting. Not perfect, but you know, compared to Fox, I'll certainly take them over that. Um, now I do see, I I do understand some people feeling some type of way about oh Amazon's coming in, blah blah blah. Oh, we might have to you know have some races behind the paywall. I'm going to be honest, that's just the way that some of these other sports are going. I mean, just look at the NFL. They were, you know, had their Thursday night football games on Amazon Prime and they shattered, you know, expectations. So there's been a percentage of fans calling for their, like, I know NASCAR network even. Like, yeah. You know, but then that's sort of risky. I mean, because when you take a look at other, you know, like WWE, for example, they had their own network for a while and, you know, sort of shut down or whatever. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I would love, I mean, a perfect case scenario, in my opinion, would be a deal where you, um, you bring back Fox and NBC. So at least the fan base will have that sort of familiarity with its broadcast partners. So we don't have to go through this whole transition period, you know, compared to other TV deals. And at the same time, you know, sort of, uh, usher in the new era of streaming and, uh, somehow, um, somehow ink a deal with Amazon prime somehow. I don't know how. You know, I mean, the NFL did it with its other TV partners. So I'm sure, you know, NASCAR so, sort of works up and out. So here's something that I, when I was looking back, because, you know, I'm, I'm a nerd for some of this kind of stuff. And one thing that I, I noticed looking back was that, you know, pre-2001, uh, it was the tracks working out the deal. So there was no consistency whatsoever. Uh, then 01 to 06, it was consistent with, uh, Fox, as well as NBC Turner Broadcasting. You had Fox, Turner, and uh, ESPN. And then what you have now with Fox, NBC. If what the reports at the moment, the likelihood, and, and it has for a couple months pointed to Fox and NBC renewing, uh, and now again, it depends on if they put many on Peacock uh, versus if they leave it NBC USA, I mean, other series like IndyCar and IMSA are getting more NBC races than NASCAR. 
And that's just, I think that's just a result of an outdated contract. Uh, So there might be even more on Big Fox and Big NBC since cable is becoming obsolete even compared to broadcast television anymore. What, What I'm getting at with this is for the first time ever, if this deal is signed with just those two, it'll be the first time that NASCAR has had all the networks, whether two or three, be continuous from one contract to the next. And if it is eight or like being estimated 10 years, it means that NASCAR will have 20 years of stability while they've reached that bottom out and are starting to build up their fan base again. So the fact that that could happen is huge, I think, for the future of the sport. And I think that it's something a lot of people, a lot of fans may be overlooking going into it. I mean, I would not have thought leaving 2014 that the next time a possible change in broadcasters could come would be 2035. I mean, that, that, I mean, when you put it in those terms, it's pretty crazy to think about. Yeah. That's a good point. That's good that NASCAR at least has that going for them. You know, I know some of the fans, I mean, they want, you know, like, oh, we want, you know, brand new television partner, but you know, you just brought up that, you know, that whole, you know, consistency factor too. I mean, that's at least a good thing for NASCAR, you know, to have the same television partners for 20 plus years. I'm not sure. Um, I mean, especially nowadays, like, you know, a whole lot of sports, you know, like can't really say that nowadays. I don't think. It's just tough. It's they, they're going to have to balance the, the modern streaming and future streaming audience versus the existing cable and network TV audience. It's, it's just tricky because I don't know many people my age who pay for cable who get USA and Fox yeah. sports mm-hmm. one. Yeah. But they might be willing to pay five, 10 bucks a month for Peacock. So they can watch The Office and maybe check out that NASCAR thing once a week. Like it's it's tricky. It is tricky because you don't want to put everything on streaming right away. That'll no. destroy your base, especially with a fan base like NASCAR. You got to yeah. gradually phase it in. That has to be working. If, we're, if it's twenty thirty and we're still only on USA and NBC, I, I feel like something will have gone wrong. That's now. I want to ask each of y'all this now. If if the deal with Amazon were to be worked out, how do you think um, um, it would go? Like, how do you think the deal would go? Do you think like they would do like maybe like all oh, something like maybe three to six Cup Series races? You know, a season. I, on I think there, the, you know, the only like way is if you work with Fo- Fox and NBC aren't going to give up their dates. No. Uh, with it, the only way I can think it works is if you get a deal worked out with them. Because I mean, if you look at the way that the NFL did it with Amazon, that was like revolutionary no other sport has even come close to that the way i would think is that nbc and fox you know can work out a deal and maybe you know they get the the television the the commercials amazon could get a pay-to-play commercial free and maybe have Mm. just nascar's own people that may work for the company maybe that would work i don't see i just i don't see how because after thursday thursday night football started out better this year and ended out averaging two to three million less. So cut their audience like by about a third. Uh, what the, the, the Thursday night football games kind of garbage this year though? Do they? Some yeah. of them were, yeah. <laughs> but some so were some were, of yeah. the primetime like Sunday night yeah. and Monday night ones, and yeah. those ones were up in ratings. So yeah, because I, I, I feel like where we're at with streaming in general, I, I don't one. I think with a streaming war, you're going to lose out regardless on viewers. Because I like, I'm sorry, I'm not paying for. You know, as a NASCAR fan, I'm going to pay to get USA right now on FS1. I'm, you know, and I'm paying, you know, give or take like 70 bucks for YouTube TV to get all the sports stuff I want. I'm not going to spend a bunch of extra money if I don't have to. Um, I'm lucky enough to have Amazon for free because my girlfriend's TV comes with it. (laughs) But not everybody is. So that's, 
that's where my worry with it is. I mean, it, if if you want to look at it compared to cable, it honestly is a better option. I think 160 million have Amazon Prime compared to like 90 million have FS1. You know, 90 million have ESPN. 80 million have USA. So if you look at it like that, it might do better than the cable races. So maybe that I that might be the only way you can do it. I mean, if 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 we're talking streaming to to Peacock though, I you know or whatever Fox will use though, I'm a no go. Amazon's the no. only way I could be for streaming because I would be very disappointed if if uh, a streaming deal is worked out, but then like that provider would be like either like Peacock or like Fox Sports Go. Like I'd be very disappointed with that because I've I've used both of their you know both of their platforms and Peacock's yeah. buggy. It's really yeah, Peacock's buggy. very buggy. NBC Sports streaming app is very buggy as well. And then sometimes Fox Sports Go can be buggy. But I mean, Amazon, everybody's on there. Everybody's on Amazon. Everybody knows Amazon Prime. You know, Everybody knows how well Thursday Night Football worked out there. <laughs> I, and can, it would I be, can watch a NASCAR oh. race and then watch the new episode of The Boys. Yeah, there you go. There you go. It would be interesting. To and then it'll because... buy something with two-day shipping. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, there you go. It would be very interesting to me because you had mentioned like, oh, like who would be, you know, like would NASCAR have their own production team? I would like to see them do that, you know, to have their own production team, help out with the whole amazon prime effort and stuff and then you know nascar fans have been talking about for years for a while now look at formula one's coverage commercial free i mean they could do something similar on that on amazon prime and and i mean i don't know how much it would be initially you know but i would certainly pay you know how much you know um how much um um however it takes or whatever how much um how much it costs to uh, to watch that type of program i mean as a hard it would definitely have to be something for hardcore fans Darian, what do, what do we got coming up here? Oh, uh, yes. It's a new era indeed. Now, I said this on my stream last night. You know, obviously, we're still going to do the lightning round. No more peeking out the mic, however, though. No more peeking out the mic. Got too many complaints. And obviously, Why'd you move it so close to you then? You're just going to... Because, because I like it there. I like it'll it make there. sense. It'll make sense. Like it it'll make sense. But yeah, you know, so um, basically, this new era of the lightning round of the NASCAR Weekly Podcast is going to be said with my radio voice so let's get ready and it's the lightning round on the nascar weekly podcast Jeez. what do we have on tap for tonight well let's see um starting off with something that i actually had just been sent to me a little bit ago apparently um you know, there's supposed to be news on the IndyCar game tomorrow, but apparently there's news on the future overall by Friday of uh, motorsport games and any properties with it. So for any NASCAR gaming fans or, you know, anyone else Those who's are still around? Yes, apparently, yeah. I mean, they don't work. They still exist. But... <laughs> just haven't, haven't had much to celebrate in recent years, unfortunately. Yeah, we got no. some pretty good crash compilations, and if we're talking crash, I mean crashing streams because of the game, but... <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, crash for sure. Yeah, to some other NASCAR news here. Uh, starting off with, it's going to be a weird year for one big reason. The 18 car is, uh, well, it's still there, but the 18 number is gone. It's going to be the 54 car for Ty mm. Gibbs. That's going to take some getting used to. Not seeing the 18. Because, yep. dude, it, when Joe Gibbs Racing first entered NASCAR, first car, the 18. Yeah, there's crazy. that. It's it's like it's weird because the 18 is a Joe Gibbs number. The 54 was originally a Kyle Busch number, but yeah. like somehow over the course of history, the 54 became yeah. less of a Kyle Damn. Busch thing, and the 18 became Busch's brand. So Joe I, Gibbs said, "Not only are you uh, not going to get your ride back, Kyle Busch, we're going to take your old number too. Your 54." 
the number you made famous. <laughs> well, other than that, there's still some other big stuff. Uh, starting off with is NASCAR is looking at launching an international series in Brazil as a sprint mm-hmm. racing series, like just short races, that it will eventually race on oval tracks. Yeah, that was big news. That's very Ooh, interesting. Very interesting and indeed. I can say that there is actually a relatively big segment of fans uh, that, that listen to this show and watch that are from Brazil. Uh, mm-hmm. I, was, I was digging through my YouTube analytics the other day. Brazil was like dude. the fourth most – like. Like of all the countries that watch my videos, Brazil was like number four. I was very oh, surprised. dude, they're very they do whether it's NASCAR, F1, IndyCar, they love their racing in Brazil. Mm-hmm. It's it, yeah, it's pretty it's pretty big there compared to, mm-hmm. to other countries. Um, yeah. another big news for fans in uh, the South, not as South as Brazil, but the South, uh, <laughs> is that Rockingham has been repaved and they are actively working to try and get NASCAR back in any form whatsoever. Um. Also, looking at some of the lineups, Darian talked about it a little bit earlier, uh, but the <laughs> other ones for the Xfinity Series for JGR uh, will be Ryan Truex for six races in the 19. It's going to be really interesting to compare the drivers of the 19 stats to each other. Uh, <laughs> I can't oh, wait. Gee, I wonder why. I wonder why. Uh, Sammy Smith in the 18 full time, which I'm I'm big on Sammy Smith. I think he's gonna yeah. be pretty good. And then John Hunter Nemechek full time in the 20. The 20 is now back yeah. in the Xfinity Series. There was a lot of talk about you know a lot of rumors, especially you know with Kyle Busch leaving last year, like oh he might be the replacement. But hey, this is the this is the uh, the next best opportunity. So. Uh, some other stuff that's been kind of thrown around and tested is mufflers. Uh, hopefully that we didn't just lose half our audience from the word being muttered. Uh, but there are <laughs> mufflers being tested at Phoenix. Uh, they're for the clash and the Chicago street course and possibly if it works out the Nashville fairgrounds. Yeah. Uh, if you listened to any of those or watched any of the clips from that test last week, it doesn't sound that different. I think some said maybe it sounds a little deeper like the tone of the cars. Yes. But you know, it will make a difference, especially in those urban areas and especially at national fairgrounds where we've talked about it. The locals, I think if you, they're going to need some sort of muff mufflage. It's too loud. It's too loud. It's too loud guys. Well, speaking of some, uh, different tracks and scheduling wise, uh, one of the biggest ones is this. I want to, I want to bring the chat back up to a level. They'll be happy with, (laughs) <laughs> uh, after talking about something I guarantee they don't like. Uh, but we'll talk about something they don't like in a good way in the sense that the Texas race, one lone race this season that is in the playoffs, is listed as a 400-mile race instead of 500 this September. So yeah, somehow, I, somehow I missed that when looking through the initial thing. But yeah, Thank God. Thank hey, goodness. Just a couple years ago, Texas had a total of 1,000 miles on the cup schedule. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Down to 400 just like that. I mean... Yeah. I can't say they don't deserve it, but yeah, man, it's going to have fallen. It's going to be really interesting to see what the reconfiguration does to the racing overall. Um, mm-hmm. So that'll be interesting to look at a few other things yeah. here. We'll, we can roll through these pretty quick here. Uh, first off, Fox sports will not have Vince Welch this season. He has left Fox sports yeah. going into the year. Uh, and I, I, it went way under the radar that he's being replaced with Adam Alexander. Um, yeah. That, yeah. that should have been I made a bigger a, deal. That's a much yeah. bigger deal than, like no, there's he's not it out to be Adam Alexander is not Mike Joy, but he is still he's, a very solid. Commentator. Yeah, he's no, not like terrible. I, I am sad to see Vince Welsh did not like him in the truck booth, but he's a great uh, pit reporter. Yeah, who makes the drivers comfortable. Everyone knows him. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and so to see him go, it just, it sounds like Fox is just going cheaper. I mean, they got like Josh Sims is his name is, is mm-hmm. um, Dylan Welsh is with NBC. Uh, they have, um, crud, I'm forgetting who else there's, there's, there's a couple other folks at Fox that are pretty young yeah. um, that have been doing a pretty good job. And I, I just think this is, I think that's as simple as that. I mean, cutting Welsh, costs, cutting costs. Vince Welsh yeah. has been around a long time, really experienced veteran, but you know, they got some new younger talent that they're ready to shine, I guess mm-hmm. just the nature, unfortunately. Uh, looking at some of these others here, Hendrick Motorsports will be running the Xfinity 17 for four races in 2023. Uh, Andretti as a team is looking to get into NASCAR in the coming years. Hey, Lord knows F1's trying to keep them out. But uh, that's a whole nother topic. <laughs> uh, NASCAR's Euro Ice Race that was looking to be run has been postponed indefinitely due to supply chain issues. And that sucks to see. Um, yeah, that sucks. But the uh, NASCAR Garage 56 entry... That doesn't suck to see. Is uh, mm-hmm. is Jimmy Johnson, Jensen Button, and Mike Rockenfeller are going to be driving that hey. car with headlights? It has hey, headlights. <laughs> got the seven-time champion, and then you got a world F1 champion in that ride, too. That's was anyone surprised? It sounds like a lot of folks were convinced Jeff Gordon was going to be one of the three drivers. Yeah, I thought he was no, too. Jeff but... ain't in shape anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I, I don't. Did he like? I, you wonder if that indie uh, race he ran last fall, if that was sort of like the moment of like, dang, like, like, no, like it's kind of sad. I, I don't like, mean to gloss over it. Yeah, but I like this is a, a legend of NASCAR who, a few months ago, maybe for the final time, realized, shoot, I like. I just can't do this anymore, even if I wanted to. Like that, that's kind of sad. Like respect yeah. to him for the career he's had, for uh, the effort he's done, put in with Hendrick Motorsports. Obviously, he's going to be a key figure because for this time, but, like, that that's was kind of sad. That was real. I, I that was really eye opening for him because you know growing up he dominated those you know races yeah. back in the day, those USAC races. That's how you know made it. You know that's how he you know uh, first uh, became Jeff Gordon. I like Barry yeah. Boy Blast's comment in the chat. I'm not going to read it out loud, but <laughs> well, he just says Jeff Gordon is growing into his 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 second. <laughs> <laughs> uh, i wasn't gonna go that far jeff still looks really good but yeah. hey he worked hard 50s. he worked hard in his career so he can eat whatever he wants <laughs> okay let's uh, let's get to the last bit here toyota we are uh, not is, nutritionists no no we're not uh toyota is looking to expand its lineup in the cup series in 2024 uh and in the future from there um, what small team because uh David Wilson was talking about like tier two or tier three teams that they're maybe talking Mm-hmm. Which team do you think is most likely to switch to Toyota I think, next year? I, uh, I don't know. <laughs> Let me think about it. <laughs> Insightful. Uh, I'm, I'm torn so my between guess, JTG I, I, I and know. Front Row. I was going to say JTG is my first guess, but I that one, I don't know. I, I genuinely don't know. I'm going to go outside the box. BJ McLeod somehow gets the oh, Toyota. <laughs> they just switched to Chevys. Oh, well, never mind then. No, no. <laughs> JTG then. JTG. JTG. <laughs> Yeah, I'd go the chat seems to think JTG. That's I'd, yeah. I'd, but... I'd go with JTG. They were with him before. I could see him going back. Yeah, what about I mean, and, and, like, and bring back the chrome wheels if they go with them? <laughs> what about like like I don't know I, what what like track house? I doubt it. But what no. if a team like uh, track house? I'm uh, just, we've track seen house good in a Toyota though. Uh, I mean, we've seen good teams switch manufacturer shr did it recently it's true suarez yeah, it will probably be sitting there like oh crap am i gonna lose my ride <laughs> again. again yeah yeah he's gonna lose his ride again. <laughs> yeah i think the jtg pick chat seems to agree i think that's probably the best yeah. pick but i think it's a, it's shot in the dark at this point we don't know nothing may even come of this it's it's all a guess all right we got right. two things left i want to roll through them real quick here uh first off 
fans like this at home if they're on a PC because scanner frequencies mm -hmm. will be available for free only on the PC. Anywhere else, you'll have to pay some kind of fee. Yay! But if you're on a PC, you get to, to hear the scanner frequencies uh, for free. And NASCAR's website will have the in-car cameras as well for every car again. Mm. Uh, and then lastly, when it comes to uh, somebody who will need a lot of cameras on him is Kyle Larson, who's going to be running the 2024 Indy 500 Coke 600 double. So that's going that's to be exciting. real fun to watch. I, exciting. With McLaren. McLaren. Yeah. With McLaren. I, I like that they gave themselves such a long runway. Um, obviously, I'd love to see them do it this year. I don't know if the schedule's already being announced. If no, that's possible to do both, but... That's smart. Um, that's smart to announce yeah, it way Lots of time to to prepare. It's it's crazy to me how much preparation goes into that one race. Well, Weeks of testing and practice. Obviously, mm -hmm. tons of pre-prep, the months and years leading up to it. Like, And still... And still, you'll see a team. Uh, you'll you'll see a team um, like Fernando Alonso's a few years ago. Yeah, I was just about to say entirely. Like, well, no, just, it was that was McLaren. That was with McLaren. That was McLaren. Yeah, yeah that I was McLaren. But, so, that, but that was the F one side. I mean, because yeah. isn't isn't this an Arrow McLaren and the Hendrick entry that Larson's going to be running? I think Hendrick's involved at least. Oh, okay. Well, then that makes it a lot different. But I don't, also, I don't too, know. but also too, McLaren they have been in that situation before, where they have you know one of the you know biggest names in motorsports come over and then he completely misses the race. So just take your time, prepare yourselves. Get the car ready, you know. I guess it's all the same group, I guess, right? Is it still Zach Brown or it's still uh, Zach? It's name? still Zach Brown. Yeah, he's yeah. The head still, of all of it. Yeah, he's the CEO. Yeah. It's, well, then it's, yes, hopefully this goes better than whatever year that was. Nineteen, I think. <laughs> no, no. Uh, twenty twenty. Was it? Was it nineteen? I think it was nineteen. Maybe. Hold on, uh, let me look it up. <laughs> I thought it was before COVID. I don't remember. Yeah, it might yeah, have been before. It was COVID. before COVID. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Twenty nineteen. Twenty nineteen. Yeah. Okay, I'm yeah, not. I'm right. not the indie car guy. But yeah, that was uh, yeah. we had a, we had a big long off season. That was our big long lightning storm, lightning round. Yes, and once again, that'll do it for this edition of the lightning round on the NASCAR weekly podcast. I, you made me nervous for a second there, Darian. You kind of, you kind of, you, you kind of okay. went away from radio voice a keep little it down. bit. Tamper yeah. down. You're, you're on the edge there bit. for a moment. The I'm on edge. the edge. I'm on the edge of danger a little bit, but yeah, it'll take some getting used to. Well, before we go on to the last couple topics before we get to our picks, I think we should uh, we should thank one one of our great sponsors who's returning, which is Lionel. Uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, Lionel is the official diecast of NASCAR. You can pre-order your favorite uh, your favorite drivers twenty twenty three diecast now at lionelracing.com or any authorized Lionel retailer uh and don't forget that you can also see the latest nascar authentics wave at walmart uh and guys we're gonna change up this year because i'm the host and i want to on this one i want to be the one that presents the diecast <laughs> and i got just scott riggs that's, that's scott, scott riggs, riggs. Two, 2006 nice charger that mean looking nose that nose looks so mean back then yeah. i love it um, won the all-star open that year well and, and he was right there was gonna win the coke 600 mm -hmm. um but this car for me has always been an all-time favorite there's really no way you can mess up a valvoline car in my opinion mm -hmm. it's one of the few un That's true unruinable ones uh, but what i love about this one outside of the glistening paint is the fact that you can't really see it it's hard for it to zoom in uh, but there's actually the rubber wheels right here. Yep. Oh, I, I love the that. old school ones. Yes, yeah, old school. I, I remember love that. these so much. So yeah. 
Yeah, this one I saw it. I saw it when I was cleaning out my closet over the off season. I'm like, why do I not have this diecast sitting out? <laughs> so I get to show it to everybody. And again, that mean Beautiful. Dodge look. Uh, but yeah, thank you so much to Lionel for sponsoring the NASCAR Weekly Podcast. Again, this is what three years now. Yeah, gosh, wow. is it? Yeah, wow. that's crazy. Yeah. That's crazy. Wow. <laughs> but thank you to Lionel for sponsoring the show. And now let's move on to the last couple topics. This one. I am so, so interested in seeing what you guys think on it. Uh, So, for those of you who do not know, Hendrick Motorsports is a pretty darn good team. I'll just say that. Well, Hendrick Motorsports is at 291 total wins this season. This may be a big topic towards the middle and end of the season. They're nine away from 300. And... Looking at the last couple years, well, they've had 11 wins in 2022, so that would get them to the threshold. 17 wins in 2021, with 10 of those being from Larson. That'd get them over. Only 7 wins in 2020. So, each of us has picked one of the four Hendrick drivers, and I, I want all of us to argue on their behalf of which one, if they hit 300 wins as an organization, who gets it. And uh, you know what, Eric, start us off with Kyle Larson on this one. Why does Kyle Larson yeah, get Mr. the 300th win for <laughs> Hendrick Motorsports this year? Well, I, I, what I think is, you know, they need nine wins to get there. So it's not going to happen probably in the first half of the season. But second half of the season, what happens then? The playoffs. And who's going to be very much in championship contention? I think as he's been. I know last year he was around a 12 exit, I suppose, but uh, he was a contender up until that was mistakes were made at the Roval. Kyle Larson has won 13 races over the last two years since joining Hendrick Motorsports. There's no reason to believe he and Cliff Daniels won't combine, won't, won't work together to win at least three or four more races this season. I expect him to be in peak form towards the end of the year. Um, Kyle Larson said last season the issues were mistakes, and I can think of a couple off the top of my head. Obviously, they're couple of his wins he still got into his teammate chase elliott uh, there was the mistakes at the roval getting into the wall that damaged his car prevented him from moving on what would the heck happen at the indy road course did he just lose focus did we ever figure out exactly what happened he just destroyed ty dylan in one of the scariest wrecks i've seen in some time mm-hmm. so if he can cut back on the mistakes which i think he will kyle larson's going to be in contention late in the year and that's when i think the 300th win is most likely to come well i'm gonna go next on this list because i genuinely think this guy is going to be the one who gets win 300. And it's because of how good he has been overall uh, with Hendrick Motorsports his whole career. Uh, And that is Chase Elliott. Chase Elliott has been just absolutely elite since coming to the Cup Series, especially since his first win. You know, I don't think Chase Elliott has ever finished outside the top 10 in points. Ever. He's been to three straight championship no. fours. Not to not to make your argument for you, but <laughs> yeah, I mean he he is as elite as they come, and this win is probably going to come in the second half of the season. And if Hendrick Motorsports, especially if Alex Bowman does pretty well, especially if William Byron gets a couple wins like he did last year, it is very likely that this win comes in the last fourteen to fifteen races of the season. Well, there's a couple tracks in there that Chase Elliott is really, really good at. One of those, Watkins Glen. He is probably the best driver of the last five years at Watkins Glen. He's good at super speedways, Daytona and Talladega. You know, he didn't 
Uh, performed well in the playoffs last year at the Southern 500, but he's still pretty good at Darlington. Uh, if Hendrick's really good, I don't know if you guys have ever heard before, but he's from Georgia, so he could win in Atlanta. Uh, the Roval, that's in there. I mean, there's so many tracks that are specifically good for Chase Elliott. On top of him being, in, in my opinion at the moment, the top driver, not only at Hendrick, but honestly, consistency-wise, when it comes to speed, I think he's the best driver in NASCAR right now. I don't see why Chase Elliott isn't the, the odds-on favorite to win win 300. The way I see it is you need nine wins to get to win number 300. So you don't have to get the most victories to get there. I mean, all you have to do is just be there at the right place at the right time. And William Byron only has four career wins. And based on the uh, the poll, nobody is uh, expecting him <laughs> to uh, sign at freaking 10%. Change their nobody. minds. Change their minds, Darian. I'll try, I'll, I'll try my best. But with only four wins, this suggests to me that, hey, William Byron and and Rudy Fugel, they are consistent. They still have some cooking left to do. They're not done. You know, <laughs> their best days are still ahead of them. But statistically speaking, they do not win a whole lot of races. But it's all good because William Byron, of these four, uh, of these four career wins, while three of them have came at the very, you know, at the very beginning of the season. Um, there's only one, his first career win being at the, at the, uh, 2020 regular season finale at Daytona international speedway, um, which he won with, uh, Chad Knauss, I believe, I believe Chad Knauss was his, yep. Yep. Chad Knauss was his crew chief at the time. So, I mean, that does suggest that yes, he can win later on in the season. So with all that consistency, you know, I, I think maybe he could, uh, eke out their, um, their, uh, 300th win. And maybe that would be William Byron's either his second or maybe or uh, maybe his uh um his uh new career high third win of the season. I could see him itching out a um, um getting a victory either at Daytona or sometime during the playoffs. Um, because I don't see Hendrick Motorsports being like super dominant to the point where they win nine of the first 18 races. I don't see anything crazy like that happening. But with all the parody we saw last year, um, you know, Hendrick, they're so Obviously, they're going to have to fight for a lot of these victories. I think William Byron gets their 300th victory sometime, either during the playoffs or maybe during the regular season finale. Oh, boy. Shocker. Who am I left to <laughs> yeah. talk about? Uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm going to be talking about the 48 car of Alex Bowman. Uh, i put it like this. I only see him getting one win in the regular season, but I see Hendrick as a whole getting about – six to seven maybe eight wins in the regular season combined and that would mean that i i expected when this ninth win comes that's win number 300 i think it's going to be in the playoffs and there's a few tracks that stand out to me especially in that first round fun fact about alex bowman since coming to hendrick motorsports he's never been eliminated in a round of 16 he's always at least made it past that first round so I don't expect him to go out of that round, but a track on there is Kansas Speedway. This is a track that uh, he finished second in the fall last year. Uh, he finished second in the spring of 2019. I think he ran really strong here back in 2020. He's had several good runs there. Darlington Raceway, he's had a few times, especially in 2020, where he ran very well, was contending for it. Um, Bristol, not really one of his strong tracks. Uh, Texas, he's ran okay at. Talladega, anything's possible. But I'm particularly circling 
I'm particularly circling Kansas as probably being his best option to try to get win number 300 for Mr. H. I like uh, Denny Deliver's comment. He says, nah, Brandon Jones in a one-off fifth. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I put up the poll when we started talking about this about five minutes ago. Dude, nobody's Uh, picking Byron. (laughs) Yeah, 41% have Chase Elliott. Shocker. Uh, 30% have Kyle Larson. 21% Mm. have Alex Bowman. And uh, nine percent, nine percent. How fire. many accounts do you have? Eight, eight I, I keep logging in and out, and <laughs> gosh, that doesn't surprise wow. me. Though. I, I figured Chase Elliott and Larson would be the favorites for sure. <laughs> well, that was that was a fun little swing. Last, yeah. I, I think we we have one more swing left in us here, though. Uh, a silly season swing. How about that? Silly uh, season swing. There's been a, a couple. We could almost make this like a little nice little lightning round too with it, where we just like <laughs> fast fire what we think of this stuff. So Let's start, do it. Starting Let's off, do we it. got you know Denny Hamlin, FedEx at 11 team. There's uncertainty there. So mm-hmm. here's a little backstory here. You know you got the Kyle Busch M&M's drama that happened only a few months ago into last year. FedEx overall as a company is looking at cutting about $2 billion of their spending. So I asked this question on you. Whoever jumps at it first, go for it. Does FedEx drop JGR or lower their sponsorship of the 11 team? And what's that mean for Denny Hamlin? I, uh, you know what? Go ahead, Eric, because you're the Joe Gibbs guy. <laughs> I, I don't I don't think they'll their sponsor deal will change enough that it jeopardizes Hamlin's future. I mean, he said during uh, I think it was during media day, maybe it was during the awards banquet. I don't remember or I don't remember when it was, but it was in the last few weeks. Uh, he said that he doesn't anticipate any issues uh, arising with between him and Joe Gibbs racing and also Toyota. He did say it may take some extra time, though, because he's got to negotiate with Toyota and stuff. There's twenty three eleven. Uh, involved in whatever deal he signs next. And uh, it's a weird time to be signing a deal if you're a driver with the um, new TV contract and potentially new media rights split uh, coming in two years. Um, Like I think Chase Briscoe talked about this. He just signed like a three plus year deal. And he even said that there's a clause in there that like allows them to maybe rework some things if the media rights change things in 2025. So I think it's just gonna be complicated. It's gonna take some time. There's gonna be some uncertainty there. Um, as, as far as FedEx, cause I saw the report that they're looking to cut $2 billion in costs. That's, this sounds crazy, but a 15, $20 million sponsorship deal for, for Denny Hamlin, that's real money. But I think if you're looking to cut 2 billion and you're a logistics based company like FedEx, that's more of like a structural change, like cutting back on trucks, uh, making routes more efficient. I don't, that's something more like your actual business process I mean, that I think is going to need to change yeah, to, to knock is, that kind of money off. It I don't is know. A, it, still 1% is still a pretty big cut of one. Yeah. Bit of that. I mean, it's just, big. I just, I'm no business expert, but I, I feel like they're they're They've been tied to Denny Hamlin so long. It, it would be a big loss. I know M&M's was tied to Kyle Busch for a long time. Lowe's was tied to Jimmy Johnson. They both left, but I, this one just feels different to me. I would yeah. be surprised if they scale back in any significant way. I'm, I'm Look, just, I, I won't bite on it, them staying until I hear it confirmed. Because I remember, remember last year we started talking about it. I'm like, there's no way Kyle there's pushing no m and leave. And I'm just like, I'm, no still, I'm still scarred by that. <laughs> I think the deal will be reduced. I don't think it'll be reduced by a whole lot. Maybe, you know, take some races out here and there. But I mean, it it, it sounds like that, you know, they do want to save some money in the in the. Uh, in the uh the brand new deal and uh sounds like um sounds like publicly you know Danny Hamlin isn't too concerned he's a driver who says what's on his mind usually for um for the most part and 
whenever uh, the negotiations weren't going well for uh, Kyle Busch, you uh, knew it right away <laughs> immediately. Yeah. So I feel like if um, if uh, if uh, Denny Hamlin were in a, a similar situation, you would get a similar response. So um, him not going off and saying a whole lot of stuff makes me more hopeful that they'll uh, get a deal done. And uh, hey, if uh, if FedEx doesn't, you know, if they uh, if they uh, um, uh, reduce their uh, amount of races and stuff, I could see a sponsor, another sponsor coming in and uh, you know taking uh, some uh, taking up some of those races. But um, it also, oh, go ahead, go ahead, yeah, go go for it. Dan. Uh, I, I was just gonna say, here's an idea that's coming into my mind. You talk about someone coming in to fill the void. What if FedEx goes to 26 races instead of 36 well he's got a personal deal but they could recruit it to be more of a full deal with dominoes they could try to recruit them to come yeah. on board and also too don't forget he has a bunch of sponsors with his uh other team 2311 maybe if they wanted to do a few races yeah, here and there Do- too i mean Do- you can doordash doordash or mcdonald's they may want more time yeah you can certainly batteries is doing a race this year for they're him. doing they're, they got they got all four they're sponsoring all four cars now basically now Another big story coming out is, does Truex retire this year? This one, I just want fast fire. Give me a quick explanation, yes or no. Does no, he retire? I'm gonna I'm gonna say no. Um, I feel like he's you know um last year you know the way he performed and stuff you know set a fire in, in his belly and stuff and also too he said that he still feels like he has a team that can win a lot of races. That was the most important um, uh, comment to me. So if he feels he can still win, I don't think he goes anywhere for at least two to three years. I agree, and this is a tough question to answer because I don't want to get into his personal yeah, life stuff. Yeah, I, I didn't want uh, to. I didn't want to touch that. Yeah, so I'm not like, touch that. I, I just I don't know. Like, does does that change his outlook on life to the point that he wants to race for a lot longer? Maybe the, he, this is now like I don't know how that's changed him psychologically or what his yeah. plans are. So it, it's tough to say. I think, like you said, Darian, I agree. That quote was was kind of eye opening. That he still believes he's got a great car, and he'd be foolish to even not after take last season, even after yeah, the way I mean, last was, season went. He was fifth in the regular season standings. They just didn't win a race. So I I think he's going to have a good year this season. I think he comes back for another year. Yeah, I'm I'm with uh, Eric on this one. You know, again, don't want to get into the personal details. If you know, you know. Uh, But I think that's going to affect it. I think he's going to stick around because of what's changed recently. I'm going to be the contrarian here. I, I I think he does. I mean, he's steadily been going down in performance. Yes, he did all right. Yes, he's... Of course he's going to say he can win. No, this team sucks. I hate racing for him. I can't wait to be fishing in Delaware. Like, of you course he's going to say that. Not, every driver's not Kyle Busch and saying their team sucks? <laughs> I, no, yeah, no, actually, yeah, he's worse. No, I just, I, I, the way you see how his performance even kind of trailed off the later the year went, and it just seemed like, it almost seemed like he was kind of fatigued. And, and And this has been a big question for a while now, and it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. So even if he doesn't this year, I think the retirement's coming soon. I, I think he's over over the hill when it comes to his peak. The the best Martin Truex Jr. we saw we saw from 2015 through about 2020. Like he's he's never gonna be that driver again. And the fact that he's so soon and so quick went winless and made dumb mistakes. I mean, the homestead mistake, I don't think he makes yeah, that. Was, you know, a the years sun ago. was in his eyes. I, it I, was I, in that's my right. eyes. Sun was in everyone's eyes. Truex is the only one that made the mistake. Like that—that's my thoughts. Like it is true. I think I think that I think this is his last year. I'll I'll put that down on on uh, on paper. Uh, I don't know. I I think there's a great chance he's going to try and race until the next TV contract. I don't know. He's only 42. I I could see him going to 45. I don't, I don't know could. about much past that, but we'll just see. I don't know. Yeah. Now, another one here. Uh, we talked about Bowman earlier, maybe getting win 300. Does Bowman keep Ally, and what, what's the future of Alex Bowman look like? 
Danny. Danny. Uh, yeah, everyone goes with me. Uh, I I think the ally likes what they're getting with Alex Bowman. They're very active on his dirt team as well. It's not just it's not like they're just showing up to Hendrick and then saying goodbye, see you later. No, they're they're very active in all things Alex Bowman. From what I've seen, uh, they're very active in his uh, pet charities, and I could see that being a big deciding factor of what happened to this contract. I think I think Ally is going to want to stick with Alex Bowman in the in the forty eight car. Do you like the um, day and night schemes they revealed, Danny? I, I, a lot of people online didn't like them. I, I love them. I, I especially like the the night one, and uh, I think it's gonna look great under lights at Bristol and Nashville this year. Yeah, I, I think, I think Bowman. I, I think this one's a little more of a question mark because it sounds like Bowman wants to stay. Who wouldn't? It's a Hendrick Motorsports car. Yeah. He got full sponsorship. If Ally is still gonna come back. Maybe they don't sponsor every race, but if they're still a, a 20 plus 30 plus race sponsor and they like Bowman, then yeah, it all hinges on what Ally wants. If Ally's thinking of leaving, scaling way back, if for some reason they actually want a different driver, then Bowman may be in trouble. But th- there's some pressure Jim, on this year. Jim, crew chief. Jimmy Johnson coming back does uh does not oh, help. Yeah. Yeah, there's always that. I didn't even think yeah. about that. Yeah. Can we see Ally jump over well I, from what I understand from the original deal, Ally has a B2B deal with Hendricks car dealerships. So that could play. <laughs> they do. Game. They do. They're, they're yeah, huge yeah. in the auto industry. So that might, that's why I think they'll probably stick around. I just don't know if they'll sponsor every race. And if they don't sponsor every race, do they get to say who goes in the car? If they're only sponsoring 15 races, does Hendrick get to decide? Yeah. And, and will they go with somebody else? I don't know. I think there's pressure the, on this year, but I think the, they'll stay. The thing is like, I put, currently alex bowman above where we saw casey kane in his run because he's at least been aside from 18 he's been good for at least one win a year and i think if you're able to do that consistently that that that, that goes a long way especially uh with with this with this sport and this team it's tough because he's made the playoffs every year so Mm -hmm. far yeah And, and i think with blake harris i think most people would probably pick him to make the playoffs this year um so until he has just a flop of a season, it'd be hard pressed to you know put someone else on that car, you know. Yeah, yeah. and especially after, especially after you know they they've been doing all the sponsoring for events uh, for him outside of NASCAR too. I mean, it'd be totally different if they uh, weren't uh, doing that as well. But and oh, go ahead. I was gonna say, and Parker brings up a good point in the chat. Blake Harris going over there that could potentially elevate the forty-eight. Yeah, so I feel like the best the best thing Bowman needs to do is just strictly focus on the you know on track performance. Obviously, you know you know the whole contract situation. It's a big deal, but I mean you can only control what you can control. And if Alex Bowman can can improve with uh, Blake Harris as his crew chief performance wise then yeah, Ally will uh, certainly love to uh, um, um, ink out a, a brand new deal with them. I, I, again, I, I, it all depends on if Bowman, I think if Bowman comes back and has a resurgence, which I, I personally think he will, I'm not saying I, I don't think he's going to become, you know, the reincarnation of Jimmy Johnson, but I, it's not out of the question with an aggressive crew chief like Blake Harris uh, with as good as the Hendrick cars are, are, and, the nose changes that may make the Chevys even faster. Like, I don't see any reason why he shouldn't perform. I'll put it like that. Like, if Alex Bowman does not make it to the round of twelve, like he does every year, he makes the postseason. Goodbye. I don't. I. I don't think there's an excuse. I think he is a good enough driver to do so. 
He has a good enough situation around him, and it's I think only been improved by Blake Harris going in there. Mm-hmm. So I, I just think, hope he stays healthy. I hope. Yeah. I hope he. That's that's my big yeah. thing. Just yeah. Oh, know. oh yeah, that's I, right. That's right. I almost forgot about that. That's I think. Right. Yeah. I think that Ally and Bowman will stick around, and you know, and I, it might be another year too. I mean, Hendricks been signing sponsors for longer term deals than a lot of other teams have. Um, yeah. So that's that's big. Now jumping how, over, how, you you can't. Sorry, you can't ditch. A top seventy-five driver in NASCAR history. Did y'all see the Athletic? Uh, oh, they yeah. released their top seventy-five. <laughs> they had a big panel. Bowman's number seventy-five on the list. And if you look at the numbers, he's it makes sense. around there. Yes, it's yeah, he's around. But, there. but are we just are we just he's, counting Cup or are we counting uh, all series? Just, talk, just talking Cup. He, is what he's the list was. he's tracking very well. And this comes from you know, admittedly a fan of him. He's tracking very well. I wouldn't put him that high though. <laughs> yeah, uh, but he has seven wins, I think, and there's yeah. not many other drivers. Damn, that even the that freaking hard. Alex Bowman fanatic didn't want to put him that. High. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, so we okay. We talk getting back on track. We talked about one Chevy team. Let's talk about the other Chevy team that has questions up in the air. Does Trackhouse resign both Chastain and Daniel Suarez going, uh, you know, in through this year? One hundred percent. I'm going to go with a hot take. No, I'm, they're going to lose one of them. Ooh. I, they're going to lose one of them. Either, Which one? either um, I don't know. It depends. I mean, if they want to go cheaper, you know, obviously, you know, Daniel Suarez, or if they want to, you know, resign Ross Chastain, and maybe, you know, um, maybe there's another prospect they want to bring up or something like that too. Then, unfortunately, Suarez would get the raw end of the uh, of the deal, something like that. So, I feel like only one of them will will uh, end up uh, uh, returning in 2024. So I will counter Darian here because uh, Ross Chastain literally just almost won the championship. Uh, I don't say them wanting to get away from him. And s- side note, I mean, Daniel Suarez, you know, that was their first guy. I don't say them wanting to just say. It's a to, throat, to, I don't, I don't, yeah, but I don't see them being ready to park just like that. Also from Daniel Suarez, I'm gonna f- try to find a way to make it not go down like that, uh, be- because this is the longest team he's ever been with, mm-hmm. and he's only been with them now for uh, this is his third year. He's going. This is his third year. But also, too, remember, hey, you know, there are other teams that are looking at Chastain, like, hey, like, but what if they expand? What's your price? Yeah, but they expand, oh, especially they could, with they the could TV expand deals. Too. Yeah, they could expand Here, too. Yeah. Here's my only concern. I think both will stay with Trackhouse. Uh, my only concern when it comes to Chastain is he did just make the championship four, went viral, number one top play on Sports Center, mm-hmm. second in points. It, like, it would be crazy. My, my point is his crazy. price just went up. Like he he's gonna he was a bargain. I bet you last year he was not a top twenty, maybe 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 top twenty, but he was not a top ten, top fifteen paid driver. He might have not even been top twenty paid highest paid driver last year. I think he's going to expect to be at least top 15, top 10. And, and I don't know, the track house might have to move some things around. Uh, but I think they'll get a deal done. I think there's mutual interest. Where else is Chastain going to go? Stuart Haas? I mean, if the 48 drive- does open. If the 48 opens. Yeah, uh, there's, a, there's a lot of scenarios maybe. here. There's a lot more it's a, scenarios. It's a very here. long shot. I it think is, Hendrick, I, I think a Hendrick car or arguably a Gibbs car is the only car I would rather be in than a track house car. What right if Truex now. retires? I'm, I'm maybe i'm not gonna that's what i'm not saying <laughs> i think they stay at, at, at well, this well, point gibbs, gibbs pays well they pay their drivers well unless your name is 
you know, Kyle Bush and you need a sponsor <laughs> or Matt Kenseth and you're 45 years old, but they usually pay your drivers what their drivers want. So that's my only concern with Chastain with Suarez and, and not to plug this, but I actually got to talk to Daniel Suarez earlier this week for a project I'll be releasing in the next week or two. And this kind of came up and, and you know, he didn't specifically answer, you know, Oh yes. You know, we're working on a contract, working on an extension, but he did call track house family and it's a place he sees okay. for a long, long time. So we know Suarez wants to stay, I think Trackhouse, they built this team up around him. Some of the sponsors initially were tied closely to Daniel Suarez. I think if the results are similar to what he did last year, if he can improve, especially, I think Trackhouse will be quick to sign him to an extension. But the fact that he only got a one-year extension that's, last year. That's what I'm surprising. saying. That's like, what it, I'm it, saying. It seems weird that they'd leave the door open at all to letting Suarez like he was their anchor driver initially. Like you just mentioned, I mean, like he says the team is family, but I mean, like, I mean, only a one-year extension though? For the guy who, you know, helped you, you know, start the team and stuff, your first ever driver, you know, like, I don't know. I figured there'd be some more loyalty there, but well, uh, yeah, well, I, I asked the chat who they thought that would uh, be kept by Trackhouse and both. It, yeah, yeah, it was both 83% yeah. Chastain 10, Suarez 4, neither 4. So, Ooh. you know, and the poll on that one. Uh, now, last one, and this one I, I do want to do, just rapid fire. I, I, you can give me an explanation if you want. If not, you know, go for it. it. If you have to give an explanation, definitely go for it on that one. Who replaces Harvick? Ooh. So I, I think in a perfect Fuck. world, Zane Smith. I don't know if they'll be able to get him from front row. He is a Ford driver. Um, off the top of my head, my first guess is John Hunter Nemechek. That's my first guess. This answer is going to piss off some fans because I, I know he just – I know what you're doing. The easiest person to me in that situation would be Cole Custer, right? Like, depending on how he, on, on how he does in the Xfinity Series this year, he already has family ties within the team. So would you look for, a, you know, uh, another outside guy or do you want to keep promoting within the team? I could see Cole Custer getting uh, back in the, uh, in the uh, Cup Series uh, next season. I could totally see that. So well, I just that that seems like the most obvious man, but yeah, that I, did it. Yeah. I, what about what about Riley uh, uh, Riley Herbs? Riley Priest, Riley Priest. <laughs> Sorry, I've I've had I've heard Ryan Priest over and over. And what, about, what about Riley Herbs? I can see that he's too. got sponsorship. Brings in the money, yeah. Raising the money. You know, and I, I, I would have said no chance that they give him a cup deal just because of that monster money. But JGR just gave Joe Graff a part-time deal in Xfinity. I, I didn't think that yeah. was ever going to happen. Mm-hmm. So well, and- I, there's no telling how far money can take you. And yeah. Monster oh. is in that pipeline between him and Haley Deegan with Ford. Yeah. So I, I, And he's an, a Kevin Harvick client, a Kevin Harvick Incorporated client. There's that going for him. Now, oh, go ahead. Here, go for it, Danny. Yeah, I think... Uh, I think Ryan Price is my pick. Yeah, he's going to the 41 this year, but I kind of thought that would just be like a one-time deal. Hunt Brothers Pizza basically seems like they're good to come with him. Bush, probably, if they want to stick with SHR. wouldn't he's, he's got United Rentals as a supporter as well. Yeah, so he's got so many of those partners already kind of okay with him. I could see them just transferring him into the four team. Then the 41s open up, and maybe that's where he – bring a rally herbs in it by putting him in that 41 car that takes away Haas's need to invest into that car as much. I, just, I look at it. Like I just think it'd be crazy. So in Xfinity this year, Custer and Herbst will be full time 
Yes. We all know Custer is going to blow Herps out of the water. <laughs> like, we know he is. No disrespect to Herps. I think Herps wins a race this year. I do think Riley yeah. wins yeah. a race this year. But Custer is going to win five. And just can you imagine after that? I think going more <laughs> after that kind of season, if they went a herbs in That's Cup a, over Custer. I mean, oh, yeah. I mean, Custer did have a similar kind of season that you're describing before he we went I to know. Cup, and it didn't exactly go well. I know. Well, he, he won Rookie of the Year his first year. Ooh, no. <laughs> He's the last winner at Kentucky Speedway. Oh, got a trophy. The I'm 550 package. That man, that man only has one career top five. That right? man just had to hold it down. <laughs> That's all he had uh, to do. He basically won a mini plate. Or he basically won Atlanta uh, before Atlanta was Atlanta. Oh, my yeah. gosh. <laughs> all right, that was fun. Yeah, that was. That was um, but I think I think we got one more little uh, one more of course. group. To, to thank before we get to picks uh, yes yeah. we do we've made it to our uh clash at the coliseum picks but before we can do that uh we did not forget about these beautiful partners but forney industries is back once again uh forney offers a full line of welding and plasma cutting machines uh, metalworking accessories and more if you're a do-it-yourselfer or a professional metal worker forney has everything you need for your next project so check them out at Forneyind.com. Y'all are familiar with the, the link at this point. If you've been watching for any amount of time, Jared's got it down in the description. Uh, or look for their green Forney logo at an authorized Forney dealer near you. I was actually at Ace Hardware the other day, and they had some uh, some Forney stuff out on display when I first walked in. I was stoked. Mm. I was like, oh my gosh, it's <laughs> as seen on the NASCAR Weekly the podcast. We need, we need to get that on the box somewhere. Yeah, Ooh. we need to get that. Sponsor, <laughs> like that. yeah. But just, uh, like, yes. j- just like that big, yeah, a little tiny one, <laughs> little itty bitty. Spot. Like the end of the commercials when they're talking about something like this, you know, not like that. Yeah. <laughs> side, effects, side effects include side effects may include uh, death, death. <laughs> no, no, it does uh, not. Becoming a, a hardcore NASCAR fan and watching four men talk about no, NASCAR on a Zoom you don't, call for you don't get those. You don't get those side effects watching this podcast or Absolutely listening not. to this podcast. Thank you to Forney Industries, Jarrett. Uh, I don't know where we're starting. Are we, oh, I don't know where we're starting with the clash, but yeah, the clash is this weekend. We got some clash talk here. First Wait, off, do we first race preview of the season? First wow. race preview, first race picks, which we'll talk a little more in depth about that in a mm-hmm. moment. Uh, but let's go right into some of these details uh, for this weekend. It is the Bush Clash at the Coliseum, 150 laps, starting at 8 p.m. Eastern time on Big Fox and MRN. Weather, according to AccuWeather, is looking to be 64 degrees and cloudy with a 25% chance at rain. We got rain tires, though. Yes, yeah. we do. I'll worry yes. about that. Nope, no now, worries. A couple of big, big storylines to look at through this one different tidbits about it whatever it's a big different event now joey logano is your defending winner uh Mm -hmm. but this year in light of the history of the coliseum first Mm -hmm. second and third will win a gold then silver and bronze medals for this race. It's not something that's going into every race. It's not a participation <laughs> it's for trophy. Fun. Y'all yeah. give me, some of y'all is really getting so, mad about that. This is an F1. There is that. There will be 27 entries on the quarter mile track for the main. Tony Stewart uh, is going to be in the booth. Rob Lowe is going to be in uh, in as the Grand Marshal because Rob Lowe is in everything nowadays. Yeah. Uh, and there will be concerts and musical acts from those like Wiz Khalifa, Dixie D'Amelio, and Cypress Hill. Eric, right, Eric? you know who that is, Eric? You know who that is, Eric? <laughs> who, Dixie D'Amelio? <laughs> <laughs> it's the Daytona 500, 500 laps. <laughs> I just that found was, it that, even I'm funnier than it. Wasn't she, at, oh, wasn't she at the Coliseum last yeah, year? Yeah, her and her like sister was. Yeah. 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 yeah, that's what I'm saying. They asked if the 500 was 500 laps. 
Oh man. <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, hey, everyone's got to start somewhere. Hey, I've heard worse. Somewhere, I've heard right? worse questions. But uh, before you know, before we get into who we're gonna pick this week, I say we go to Darian's betting odds, and I say we uh, we we jump something else on screen for you guys really quick. That way you can see what Darian's talking about here. Brand new, yes, yes. Welcome back to the betting odds on the NASCAR weekly podcast. Let's go with the race favorites for the 2023 Clash at the Coliseum. Joey Logano and Chase Elliott are um, both tied at plus seven. Uh, at, oh, excuse me, I I cannot talk at about plus seven fifty at plus seven fifty. <laughs> Both of them tied uh, to win the race. Uh, in third place is Kyle Larson at, at plus 800, as well as uh, Christopher Bell. Um, and then finally, rounding out the top five is Kyle Busch at plus 900. As for the best of the rest, uh, Ryan Bellaney and Danny Hamlin are both plus 1,000, um, as well as Ross Chastain and William Byron being plus 1,200. And finally, Tyler Reddick at plus 1,500. As for the underdogs, Kevin Harder, uh, excuse me, Kevin Harder. Kevin Hard what? <laughs> excuse me. Up, we are messing up the driver's names tonight so hard, bro. Oh, my gosh. Harvick. Kevin Harvick. He's only got Kevin one year Harvick. left, man. Kevin Harvick at plus 2,000. <laughs> Martin Truex Jr. at plus 2,500. Alex Bowman plus 3,000. Eric Jones plus 4,000. And finally, my, my personal favorite, Justin Haley at plus 10,000. Kevin in the chat says, give me Haley just for the hell of it. Oh, I, just, I love the face. I love the face, by the way. I love the face. I, I had to find a way to incorporate it. I had to. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. You're going to see that beautiful face all season long, folks, for the betting odds. Uh, well, I'm and... sorry. I'm laughing at Rosh Crash Teams. <laughs> what? I'm like trying to look and see what. There's so, it's... Oh, gosh. Oh, no. <laughs> okay. Well, let's keep moving here. Uh, uh... Looking forward. Uh, we will talk about the NASCAR Weekly Podcast Fantasy League soon. Uh, no points racing. It's not going to be up. Uh, but uh, we do have picks of our own and pick points and all that. And uh, I thought I'd jump something else on you guys as well here. Uh, when it comes to the picks, this is how it's done. Okay. I've seen a lot of people get a little confused by it, and I understand why. Yeah. Uh, so here is the way that points are awarded for each series. You know, 10 to first for the Cup Series, then down in increments of two to fifth. Uh, mostly, we'll only have five, you know, between the four of us in the chat. If you win, if you pick the winner correctly, you get five bonus points. Uh, then six, five, four, three, two, one for Xfinity and the Truck Series with three bonus points. If you pick the winner right for Xfinity and one for the Truck Series. If you sweep the weekend, you get an extra 10 all on top of that. Uh, and then when we have the SRX, that'll be four more. So there's that for you right there. So basically you can keep us honest during the season. We'll mm-hmm. post it up during different points of the season. You guys keep us honest. If I did the math wrong or if somebody is doing really well, uh, just tell us about that. Um, and yes, I will be able to tell if you're lying and saying the chat deserves more points. <laughs> <laughs> Love guys, the graphics, by the way. Love the new graphics. Thank, thank you. Ned. I appreciate that. Well, let's get into it, though. Uh who are our picks for this weekend? Let's go in the uh, the order of the way the hosts finish and chat. You guys get the last finish again uh, or last pick again on it. So starting with Eric, who is your pick to suck in the clash? Gosh, second place two years in a row. I lost to Jarrett in 21 and chat. 
They went down to the wire, Damn. but y'all got me last season. Damn, Mark year, Martin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this year, second. I'm gonna go from bridesmaid to the bride, right? Something like that. Uh, I'll wear. I will if I if I win it. I'm no. I was gonna make a promise. I was gonna say I'll wear a wedding dress if I win this thing. Uh, <laughs> Dennis Rodman. <laughs> Dennis no, Rodman. I'm not gonna Jr. make that promise. I'll wear a veil or something. I'll wear just a white T-shirt. How about yeah, that, that 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 sounds that's a lot better. Yeah, <laughs> wedding absolutely. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I guess I get to go first again this year. That's that's my mm. honor. Yep. Um, so suck pick. Uh, so here's my theme for the clash. Uh, I think you gotta be a little mean to win the clash. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's some really polite drivers that were just afterthoughts last year. Remember, Keselowski didn't even make the show. Martin Truex Jr., I, I think he's my suck pick. I think he's going to have a good year this season, but the clash does not suit someone as polite and gentlemanly as Martin Truex Jr. <laughs> the dude literally had a fire suit with a bow tie on it a couple of years back. <laughs> yeah. This, this, this race just isn't built for someone. Nobody like is scared of you, bro. Nobody's <laughs> scared of you. <laughs> well, I'm going to go with the... Uh... The guy who you had just mentioned, Brad Keselowski. I think that he's going to have a better season than last year, but it sure as hell is not going to start with the clash, at least in my opinion. Now watch, I say that he's going to win. Um, but yeah, so next up. Damn. Uh, hey. So, so hey. you you said Brad Keselowski, and I'm thinking similar note, but it's a guy who's in his former car. I was at this race last year. And I can recall Austin Sendrick getting into a lot of people's ways, bumping them, spinning a few times. And uh, I'm going to put Austin Sendrick as my suck pick for this one. Hey, like Eric basically uh, mentioned, a uh, hey, good guy has finished last basically in this race, it seems like. You got to be mean. You got to be one of, uh, a mean old SOB to even have a shot at, at winning this race. And uh, Eric Almarola is one of the nicest guys in the in in the entire garage area so i will go with eric amarola and also to remember i i believe he was the first to dnf in one of the heat races if i'm not mistaken. sounds right i remember he was yeah. on the wall at one he dnf he dnf in one of the races yeah in the uh in um in his heat race yeah he dnf so, well dang. you're going with the chat because they have unanimously chosen <laughs> him. And they're gonna pick him every single time this i'm year. a little surprised no one mentioned ty dylan i he oh we yeah he about... won he won but then he got dq'd right he he was too aggressive <laughs> he was too mean I, I'm, I'm just thinking ty dylan on the spire car is like low-hanging fruit this year yeah well, well the chat's taking almarola yeah let's go to a little higher hanging fruit on this one with our dark horse pick I'm going to go Justin Haley uh, until he got uh, KO'd by Kyle Larson. I think he was in the, wasn't he running like fifth when that happened uh, in the main event? Hey, hey, I think he won one of the hates. Yeah. Uh, so I think Justin Haley uh, is a solid dark horse pick for this one. Yeah. I was actually going to go with Justin Haley as well. So um, we pretty much explained where I was going with No, it's fine. It's fine. You explained <laughs> where I was going with it. Three for three. Justin Haley for me as well as Dang. my underdog. Well, I'm not going to pick Justin Haley. I'm going to pick another driver who is with Stuart Haas Racing, Ryan Priest. Because remember, he won one of the heat races last year. In a Rick, in a Ware, Rick car. Ware Racing oh, car. Oh, yeah. Yes, if anybody can, you know, can uh, make the main show, it's clearly him, Ryan Priest, my underdog. And like while there were some from others, it's looking like 43, Eric Jones has been the big one. There might be Noah Gregson mm-hmm. a little I, bit. I, I'm, but I'm saying a little bit more 42, actually. That's, that's yeah. a repeat from... Uh, Certain oh, loss, oh, yeah, you're right. It's yeah. close, right. yeah. I, I think you go. I think you gotta go. Jones, a couple almondingers, just well, snuck in. I mean, I'll put up a poll for it uh, yeah. as we go to the poll. Answer me, poll. <laughs> I'm seeing a few more Gregsons now, so I'd, I'd at least I'd at least put Gregson in there. 
42 ba- in there. Basically, they're, they're leaning towards legacy motorsports either way. Motor yeah. club, Danny. Oh, oh club. The club. Oh. The club. <laughs> I just be happy I don't call it Jimmy Johnson Racing. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So All right. while they're voting on that, and we can also see the responses in the chat itself, Ooh, Darian is going oh, to Oh, yes. It has been so long. But, Ooh, fellas, man. I got one question for y'all. Radio. Who's going to Who's going to win? who's gonna win the clash this weekend radio voice made it for about half a show yeah (laughs) Yeah. we gotta work on it we gotta work on it i'm gonna put a rev limiter on your mic someone in the chat or it might have been denny deliver said darian needs a muffler (laughs) (laughs) sounds a little little barbaric in my opinion Um, oh god okay so i guess i gotta go first win pick yes sir yes like I said, you got to have a little edge to you if you're going to win the clash. I mean, Joey Logano won it last year. We know he's not afraid to knock somebody out of the way, but I'm going to go with the guy who went wheel to wheel with him in the closing lap. Someone who we know is motivated to prove all the doubters wrong this season, still in his prime, Kyle Bush. And don't forget this the eight car that he's driving this year was dominating this race until it broke. Mm-hmm. So That's true. I, yeah. I feel pretty good about Kyle Bush's chances of, of starting but, the year off strong and winning the clash. But it did break. Well, by the way, and also he led the most laps too. By the way, letting you know now, the uh, forty-three won far and away. Uh, That was like sixty-one to thirty-nine, sixty to forty. For me, I am going to go with a driver who I think is going to have a huge year, a a really big year. Uh, This guy had uh, made a pretty big change in his career. Uh, One of the honestly, probably one of the biggest the sport seen in a while, especially for a driver his caliber. Uh, I think with a new manufacturer too, it's going to be really interesting to see how he does. Uh, that team itself had been getting better as the year went on last year. And he performed really fast in the clash last year. We just talked about him. Tyler Reddick. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Hey, he led 51 laps before um, the car broke. And it, was, was, uh, 50, it was 51 of the first 53. I was trying to parallel. I, it's it's amazing how much him and Kyle Busch parallel each other if you just no. think of it from certain ways. No, that's crazy. I mean, Kyle Busch, he led 64 laps in this race last year, and Tyler Reddick, 51. So they had two of the most laps led. So they can win here. Last year for this race, I picked a guy who ended up not even being in the final show. That's not going to happen to me <laughs> this year, I think, because uh, I'm picking a teammate of that person. I'm picking... A California kid, uh, he was fast here last year until he got preoccupied being angry at Justin Haley. I'm picking Kyle Larson to win the Clash this year. So there were only three drivers to lead any sort of laps in last year's race. He had Tyler Reddick with 51, Kyle Busch with 64, but the third one happened to be the winner as well. I think Joey Logano will win two years, um, um, he'll uh, win this race two years in a row, um, he has all the momentum coming off of a second championship, uh, new, um, full set of hair now, full set of hair, looking good, looking good. And, um, he has a thing for winning these exhibition races left and right here. So I think he'll, uh, make it a two, two seasons in a row as the clash winner. Joe so, Legato. so looking at the chat, there's a lot of eights, but there's a lot of repeats too. So it, it's mm. hard to tell. 
I'm I've been yeah there's repeats but it's been majority eight and I'm wondering here are they really this confident about Kyle Busch or do they just want to follow Eric? Guys, we're yeah. t- it's a new season. You it's don't a new season, defense. y'all. You don't have to do that anymore. Well, I guess they want to start off right away. They're guaranteeing a- they won't be behind. I'm seeing a bunch in the of basement eights, with though. me probably after this week. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna go eight on this one. So Kyle yeah, Busch is their pick. That's funny because Kyle Busch was my pick last year. So Kyle Busch. So. Outside of Eric in the chat, we all pick differently this time. Well, interesting. Know. Very interesting. Who in the chat's going to be at the Clash? Because I'll be there this year. I need uh, to know who else is going to be vibing because I'm excited. I ho- I'm really excited to see if the atmosphere lives up to the hype of year one. Um, I thought last year's race, I thought the crowd was pretty great, especially by the main event. Mm-hmm. I was pleasantly surprised by the renovations and the venue. I, I thought it was great. So I'm Remind- excited for this year. Reminder. Don't get there too early because there was nothing to do for a while. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. I'll have to watch. It's a night race this time too. Or it's, the main event's uh, going to start uh, as the sun sets, which I'm really excited about. So I think that's going to help the, the atmosphere quite a bit. Well, the chats, I forgot the chat's so delayed, but I, I, I'll i be watching. You can move on, Jared. <laughs> well, Black Hat's going to be there. Yes. Nice. GN is going to be there. Great. Yeah. But I think that was a good first it. episode. Yeah, we had a lot fun. of ground to cover. Yeah. No, we got good. in under two and a half hours. One final poll to yeah. end the evening. Yeah. We'll have a poll. Everybody is, uh, is you know, having some fun as we jump on out. But uh, you know what? I think everybody has seen where we're going to be next week. But I'm going to say it again. They've seen where we're going to be in the next 10 weeks. It's going to be real fun. Uh, Our but, listening audience doesn't know. They got to know. Yeah, yes, true. exactly. So next week, Wednesday night, February 8th at 8 p.m. Eastern time, we are going to be on this man's channel, Danny B Talks, for, well, a lot of stuff. We're going over the Bush Clash. We're going to be talking about Speed Week, so it's going to be coming up right after uh, we have a little Super Bowl bye week. Uh, and we're going to be giving our 2023 Daytona 500 poll pick uh, predictions. Yeah. And on top of all that, we have all of our picks for the NASCAR playoffs. And trust me, there are going to be some fans who are very happy and very displeased. And it's just going to be a ton of fun mm. to talk about. So 8 p.m. Eastern time next week uh, on this day, a Wednesday night on Danny B Talks channel. Going to be really fun. And we cannot wait to see you there. But guys, the logos are off the screen. The ticker is done. Damn, first shows in the books. Season yeah. six. Season well done, six. One this down, crazy. 40 episodes to go. <laughs> yeah, I can't believe y'all keep showing up to listen slash watch. Yeah. yeah. Power, appreciate power it. Too. Sl- we got sl- over slash, 700 tonight. Slash yeah. also watch for us to embarrass ourselves and make memes out of us. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. I, somebody already sent me a photo of my face photoshopped onto a wedding. Dance. Now, we already, have, we already have one meme. Uh, what, um, what did Jared say earlier? Who um, um, Riley Priest? Riley, Riley Priest. Priest. There we go. There you go. So Riley Priest, uh, another brand new meme we can uh, use all season. So just the first of many we'll have this. First season. of many. Well, guys, I think that about wraps it up. Let's get on out of here. I can show you whatever meme I was supposed to show you later. But uh, <laughs> later. See you guys. Have a good night. Good See you bye. on my channel.